We're curating an interconnected collection of craps and classics spanning the history of cinema. Each week's film is connected to the last by a single cast member, and so it continues forever, or until we can't be asked anymore. This week's film is... The Colour of Money. How's it going, George? I'm good, thanks, Dan. How you doing, mate? Excellent, mate. Uh, just so everyone at home is aware, we're not drinking on this episode, <laughs> so we will. We, you'll be able to understand what we're talking about, mostly. <laughs> yeah, mostly. Um, I am drinking water, but it's not vodka or any other clear spirit. Um, I'm sober as a judge, and um, yeah, ready to rock and roll. <laughs> Some people might think for the worse, actually. They've got further <laughs> drunk podcast so we'll see that's it that's it well, we'll see how we get on like i say we might have to um you know start drinking halfway through if we feel the need <laughs> yeah and well we should be drinking really because uh, this week is a bit of a celebration um uh, for the very reason of i'm going to ask you a question george have you seen anything decent in the cinema this week? Yeah, in the cinema. Yeah. Um, and I have indeed. I mean, um, what, it's been open again for about a week and a half. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And um, I mean, me and you have already been like smashing it. Yeah. I mean, between us, we've seen like four movies in the cinema um, this this last week and a half. And so, yeah, it's, it's awesome to be back, you know. So, um, yeah, I have watched some good stuff. Um, some with you. We've gone together sort of, you know, a few times already, haven't we? So um, the first one I thought I'd talk about, um, Mortal Kombat. Uh, we saw this together, didn't we? Yes, we did. Um, um, and um, I, I think we we both really enjoyed it. I mean, uh, I think we both went into this film not expecting it to be um, a brilliant movie, but it was one great to be back in the cinema, and two, I would I hoped it was going to be a lot of fun, and um, it, it was a lot of fun, wasn't it? it? It was, yeah. Like story wise, it's certainly not the best film out there, and we were never expecting that. Uh, we went there just literally to go into the cinema and have a bit of fun, which we've been missing for a very long time. And there's some great kills, some good fights. Um, and it's exactly what I needed. I didn't want to go in and have a, a, a thought-provoking film. I wanted to go in and see some people get their hearts ripped out of their chest. Yeah, and that's exactly what we got. Um, both me and you, Dan, um, you know, played Mortal Kombat through the years. And so there's loads of little um, you know, call-outs and Easter eggs for fans. Um, but even if you're not a fan of Mortal Kombat, um, you know, going in fresh, you'll still have an absolute blast. As long mm. as you like people getting killed in you know, hilarious ways and you like the idea of a of a fighting tournament which you know where the world's fate is 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 you know relying on this on this on this tournament then um yeah you'll have an absolute blast so it was a great intro back to the cinema yeah i've got to say the standout for me um was 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 the kano character uh played by josh lawson um he was just really funny he he felt he felt like he was in a different movie to everyone else i said this to you afterwards um he he got he knew exactly what was going on this is going to be a bit of cheese um and he was really really funny i really enjoyed him yeah, he he was hilarious. He uh, and like I say, it was great to be back in sort of a, a cinema. I say a packed cinema. It, you know, it was it was reasonably like busy wasn't it yeah. and um it was just great he had some brilliant lines and obviously everyone was sort of laughing together and that's what it's all about you know mm. like having that sort of shared experience and um that was a uh, yeah a good first film back um the second thing that um i saw um this time i went with Shah and um we went to see uh, the conjuring free mm. um are you a fan of the conjuring films dan i am indeed yeah I did. it's one of the when it comes to more recent horror it's one of the franchises that i actually do like yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree. Really like the country, and the second one, especially, um, I really, really like mm. where they they tackle the the Enfield haunting, and there's some really, really scary bits in the second. I've got to say that the third, to me, um, didn't quite live up to the first two. Um, I, I felt the the like the central story. I, I didn't find it very scary, and that just might be because the 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 mystery that they're they're trying to unravel in this one. I just I just didn't find it very scary, really. But 
This is the devil made me do it, or is yeah. That right? yeah. Um, it's basically it's, it's it's a possession story, which as you know we've talked about on the Exorcist, it can be you know terrifying. But in this, I don't know, it, the, the main story didn't really grab me. But the one thing I would say about the Conjuring Three is that the two lead characters, um, Lorraine and Ed Warren, played by Vera Farmiga and and Patrick Wilson, um, they've got like so much chemistry, and both of those actors and actresses are you know great to watch. And so although I didn't. Um, loved The Conjuring Free because the central story, you know, didn't appeal to me too much. I loved watching them too and they've got great chemistry and the third film really does go into a little bit more detail about their relationship and why they are so close and, um, you know, why they do what they do while they try to solve these mysteries. So well worth a watch. It's fun. There's some good jump scares but not quite as good as the first two for me. And, and I know there's there's one other film uh, that you watched at cinema because uh, we watched it together, uh, which is uh, Cruella. Yeah, Corella Deville. So we went on Friday, didn't we, Dan? Me, you, and Char. And um, yeah, so this is uh, an origin story for the from the for the hundred and one Dalmatians character Cruella Deville. And um, what did you think, Dan? I was pleasantly surprised, mate. I think uh, I said to you the first thing I said when I came out was that was a banging soundtrack. I think the soundtracks added another one or two points to my score on this one. I I think it just it added so much in in regards to the feel of London in this because obviously it's based in what 60s 70s london um and uh it, yeah it just it really just added something to it and i've already it's on on my favorites on spotify now i've been listening to it all weekend since we listened on friday amazing it did have some some banging tunes in there which was yeah. really cool and it really sort of set the scene um it was quite a, like a, a rock and roll sort of film one it? it was quite mm. like like hip and she was like really edgy and and, and i mean she looked amazing and i uh, thought emma stone was great both the emmas in this were great Emma Thompson and Emma Stone were absolutely great. Um, they, they again, they lifted the film as well because I think the premise is a bit like the origin story of a, of an anti, uh, of a, actually an antagonist, um, or and they kind of make them into antiheroes rather than actual baddies. Um, so I think that it, it, the immediate thing I said to you again after this screening was. That was just basically Joker for Cruella Deville, wasn't it? Yeah, um, it was a good show. There's so many story beats in it that was similar to Joker. Obviously, a bit more lighthearted, but it's still a 12A, considering it's a a, a spin-off to 101 Dalmatians. Um, it was interesting, but I think it was it was quite good. There was some there's a funny character in it, even though he's got the worst accent in the world. <laughs> um, I think the dog stole the show a little bit in certain scenes, um, but. Emma Stone and Emma Thompson, just incredible. I can watch Emma Thompson all day. Yeah, absolutely. And so it, it, it was a blast. Um, I had a good time with it. It may be a touch too long. If Way too said, long. It was a bit sort of ploddy in places, wasn't yeah. it? And um, it, it felt like they were going to, into some detail uh, in some aspects where you thought the film doesn't really need that, you know, a, mm. a little bit more sort of editing and sort of make it a little bit more concise maybe it would have been better. But yeah. um, overall, it, it's, it's a fun watch. So anyone, you know, wanting to laugh at the cinema and have a good time, that's a good one. Fun watch. Could be tightened up. I'd like to to do an edit on it and uh, cut it down a bit but it, yeah I think overall I was very pleasantly surprised I was a bit indifferent going in I was like yeah I want to check it out the trailer looked good um, and yeah really really pleasantly surprised which is nice excellent and there was another film that you've seen at the cinema Dan isn't there yeah on the opposite end of the spectrum to the, the ones you've seen <laughs> Conjuring 2 and uh, obviously we went to see Mortal Kombat very gory um, I went to see uh, Peter Rabbit 2 I love the first so what did you think then see I hated the first <laughs> I absolutely hated it. I find I find the voice work really annoying in it, mostly James Gordon. <laughs> um, and but this one I think is a bit more knowing. The first one was uh, I like the fact that Mark Kermode calls it um, 
annoying rabbit or something he, he calls the first film annoying rabbit but this one's slightly less annoying rabbit um and i agree with him it's 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 a lot better it's a bit more meta there are some kind of winks and nudges to the audience about how people find peter rabbit annoying in the first one <laughs> and they find him annoying in this one um and they talk about basically the part of the plot is the um the main woman in it obviously not peter um but the the woman in it is basically playing beatrix potter um she has written some books and um there's some jokes about the plot being exploited by americans and turned hmm. into this massive franchise and they even lay out about 20 minutes before the end of the film they lay out what the end of the film's going to be like you know what you're going to get but because they've called it out as predictable you kind of accept it you go okay they told that told us it was a cheesy way to end the film but they've done it anyway yeah uh, um so they followed through with it and, and yeah. they sort of went the whole hog and yeah yeah. So cool. it's quite meta in that way, but don't get me wrong, I don't love it. Um <laughs> but the reason I went is because I went with my my son who's just turned 4, um and he absolutely loved it all the way through. I think it's the first time he didn't get restless in the cinema at all. He sat through the whole thing laughing his head off at bunnies smashing into windows <laughs> and, and causing havoc. So yeah, I'd recommend it if you've got a young kid uh, go along. If you haven't, nah. <laughs> excellent so i think we've we've you know gone to the cinema and, and had a good sort of range of films you know from from action and, and sort of horror you know, horror we've got you know a disney movie and now we've got a sort of peter rabbit and there's tons coming out now isn't there dan like in the car coming there we're already saying like oh we've got to see that next week quiet place two and there's mm -hmm. new fast and furious coming out and like it, it's going to get busy with the cinema yeah. so oh, it's exciting and i've got to say it's been a good experience so far a great experience coming in you have to wear your mask as you come in you, it's optional as you sat down and everyone's pretty much spread out it it feels safer than going to a restaurant for example oh yeah absolutely uh, no it didn't even cross my mind that you know um there's any sort of risk at the cinema so yeah i for one feel very happy to be going and um i, I hope that lots of people can continue to go the cinema makes a ton of money and they keep putting films on in the cinema because there, there ain't no better way to watch a film you know if i could watch every film in the cinema i would mm. it's so good we've missed it the only th the other thing we spoke about is obviously we started this podcast podcast in lockdown so there's only been very brief periods where we've managed to go to the cinema um and this first time it's properly opened up and big films are coming out uh, for the first time so i'm hoping this part of the podcast which has always been you know have you seen anything decent this week we might be talking about current films wow you know could you imagine you know <laughs> yeah. so, but that'll be good it means that people listening you know will be able to sort of hear what's on at the cinema and what we thought and it, you know it might sort of push them to think oh actually i'll go and watch that or I'll check that out or I'll, you know see if i agree with what dan said about that and i'll go and see blah 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 so yeah i think you're absolutely right you might be able to watch some current stuff in the cinema and talk about yeah, it on yeah. this. Which is yeah, cool. get out there and save cinemas by going. Well, it'd be cool as well, wouldn't it? We might have mentioned this last week. I can't remember. I was too drunk, but um, it'd be quite cool, wouldn't it? If um, one of our, if if our connection was an actor or an actress that we could actually go to the cinema that week and watch, and that would be the film that we, you know, that was one of my. You, you uh, created a section about what we want to, what kind of things. <laughs> oh <we> yeah, <laughs> and wrecked. yeah, what what we want to cover in the next thirty episodes, and I want to get a film that has been released that week. Yeah, that would um, be cool. So, and then we can go to the cinema. It might be a shorter episode because we won't be able to take notes in the cinema, really. No. Um, but uh, that's what I really want to do. Um, so, yeah, that's, we'll aim for that. And we might be able to do that soon, I think. Oh, wow. Oh, that, is that a hint for later? It's <laughs> exciting. Oh, right. Looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, mate, that's it for now. We'll obviously, we'll hopefully, we'll go a couple of times before next week's episode. But other than that, should we crack on with this week's film? Yeah, let's do it, mate. Let's crack on with The Colour of Money. I'll drop the trailer. <laughs> 
Paul Newman, Tom Cruise, in a Martin Scorsese picture. He's got the eye, he's got the stroke, he's got the flake. Vincent's the best. We got a racehorse here, a thoroughbred. You make him feel good, I teach him how to run. I'm not your daddy, I'm not your boyfriend, so don't be playing games with me. I'm your partner. I love this. Lost money. I got half of me that says I got a hold of the best thing that I ever seen, and half of me that says it just ain't worth it. Why'd you take a walk? Five hundred bucks says you choke right now. You used me. Yes, I did. I'm gonna leave. This is Fast Eddie Felson. Who the hell are you? Twenty-five years ago, I won my share of medals. But it was over for me before it really got started. Hungry again. See some heavy legend action. I want his best game. You want my game? You couldn't deal with my game, Jack. You're outmanned. I'm gonna beat him, you know. What makes you so sure? Touchstone Pictures presents. You smell what I smell? Smoke? Money. The color of money. So, mate, what's your uh, history? I think I know with uh, the color of money. <laughs> um, the history is I have like zero. This, in fact, might be the film that we've picked to do a podcast on, which I knew the least about before um, going into it. I The only thing I, I, I honestly heard about this movie for the first time about three weeks ago, I was watching a, um, a documentary all about movies. And this had like a one minute segment on it where they mentioned Tom Cruise was in it in the early days and that it was directed by Martin Scorsese. And it's honestly the first time it ever appeared on my radar. Um because of that one little clip, I knew it was about pool, um, you know, the, the sport, Amer- American pool. But not, not the town in Dorset. Yeah, that's it. Right. <laughs> That'd be a funny movie. Um, has there ever been a, t- a film set in pool? <laughs> there must have been. Surely. I know. There's surely such an old, like, historic place. But anyway, sorry. So I digress. Um, I know, I knew nothing about this movie. And um, so I went into it as fresh as you can get um so what about you dan what was your history if there is any with, of the with the color of money very similar i i knew of it i forgot that it was scorsese and I, now i would have known because i've seen many a documentary about the fella and um, a big fan of him. after after looking up scorsese's um oeuvre i've noticed that there are quite a few of his films i haven't seen or heard of um so you think of the big banner films and things like that you know everybody knows but there are quite a few there that i'd like to explore so um that's something on my bucket list now as well awesome. um but yeah haven't seen it knew it was Cruz and newman um after a bit of a, a reminder um but that's all i know all i knew is basically the poster and the famous shot of them leaning over a pool table at the same time with cues in hand um staring at staring into our souls babushkas yeah babushkas. which, which <laughs> yeah. we'll get to but that, that's a, a posh name for a really good cue yeah apparently <laughs> But yeah, that's that's it, mate. Didn't know much at all. Um, so 
didn't even know, and we'll get into this, that it was a kind of uh, late sequel. Um, nice. So, and, and I'd heard of the film it is a sequel to, but again, we'll get into that a bit later. Before we do that, do you want to give us uh, George's famous synopsis? Yeah, love to, mate. So um, The Colour of Money is about a um, an old hustler, gambler, pool player, and he spots um, a young guy across the room who's a really good pool player, and he basically wants to take him under his wing and show him how to hustle and win and lose games of pool and they want to make a ton of money together and um in between that you've got um uh, tom cruise's missus who uh it sort of acts like his manager and we'll sort of get into all that and um basically it becomes this sort of like freeway interplay between like this old hustler tom cruise this young buck and this sort of conniving woman so yeah there we go <laughs> well here's the first one i found on google mate Former pool hustler, Fast Eddie Felson, Paul Newman, decides he wants to return to the game by taking a pupil. He meets talented but green Vincent Laurier, Tom Cruise, and proposes a partnership. As they tour pool halls, Eddie teaches Vincent the tricks of scamming, but he eventually grows frustrated with Vincent's showboat antics, leading to an argument and a falling out. Eddie takes up playing again and soon crosses paths with Vincent as an opponent. There we go. Yeah, good one. That sounds very nothing, doesn't it? Yeah, I know what you mean. Like it sounds like um, it, vague. And, yeah. You know, the guy um, wants to start Paul again. Uh, finds a talented guy. They have a falling out over showboating, and he takes up Paul again. Doesn't sound particularly exciting. <laughs> well, I got to be honest. The, the subject matter of the film, um, it, in one sort of way of looking at it, is quite like boring. Do you know what mm, I mean? Like mm. it, it all takes place in a few rundown bars. There's only about three main characters maybe four so it's quite a simple movie i'm not mm. saying I, I find it boring but um it's it's not gonna set the world alight there's no yeah. nuclear bombs and there's no um government agencies getting involved mm. and there's no ufos or planes or guns or you know it's very simple you're right it's boring two out of ten <laughs> right have you got a game to play <laughs> <laughs> yeah what are your 10 most boring films <laughs> i love it no but seriously so the film opens up with a burning cigarette and a worn down bit of chalk you know those blue cubes you get at, at pool and snooker halls um in a very dark room and that that shot was very scorsese i think you've seen those kind of moody uh setup shots in in other films and uh whilst looking at this we get a voiceover explaining the rules of pool basically and luck itself uh being an art yeah, absolutely. So it's it's putting us in a sort of a, a bit of a mood straight away, like you said, you know, with that whiskey glass and that and that um, you know, a chalk and and the wooden sort of tables and stuff. Mm. And so the film sort of carries on really like that. You know, we're in we're in we're in back back street pool halls and sort of like whiskey drenched um, bars in America. You can smell we? them, can't you? Yeah, we can. It's quite, to be honest, like quite a cool setting. You know, there's mm. smoke filled and like uh, straight away, like okay, this is cool. Like I, I feel like I'm going to enjoy this. Um, this setting this sort of mood you know yeah yeah and the, the weird title font did you notice that it felt like a horror movie title font you if you didn't notice it you didn't notice it so you probably won't remember but it felt like the title font for something like uh I was going to I was going to put the film up on here actually I forgot to um uh it feels like a title font to something like um a, a freddy movie or something or a, <laughs> or a friday the 13th it was like dripping blood font Oh, right. So yeah. um, quite out of character to the, yeah. the, the sort of movie. And that juxtaposed with 80 Saxon synths during the credits as well. <laughs> so it did just a bit weird, I thought. Yeah. Um, and then we basically we see Paul Newman sort of straight away, don't we? And um, he plays the character of 
Oh, what was his name again? Sorry. Fast mate. Eddie. Fast Eddie, that's it. So Eddie Felson, isn't Felsen. it? And um, basically, he's drinking whiskey um, and he's chatting to a woman. I've got to say, he was chatting to her and I, I couldn't understand so much he was saying. I had to put the subtitles was, on. Uh, my, uh, as you know, I always have subtitles on and they saved me at this point. It was quite mumbly. Mm, and I found that with a, a lot of the film, actually. Um, and uh, yeah, he's he's drinking single malts and talking about single malts. Um, and he's basically trying to sell cases of it, isn't he? Um, but then they start talking about omelettes. This feels very like early Tarantino stuff, doesn't it? They're talking shit um, that don't seem to have an effect on the rest of it. But later on, obviously, you realise that it's you know you're just setting the scene for nowadays. He's he's selling alcohol rather than for hustling. Yeah, I think we'll say this all the way through. But um, I wonder how different we would have watched this if we'd seen the first and we knew it was mm. a, well. I knew we knew, we knew it was a sequel. But one thing I would say that I liked about this movie is that it um it didn't feel like a sequel like it felt like a, a fresh film and so maybe there are some bits in this like when we first meet him you're, you know you say he's talking about whiskey then he's talking about omelets we're like what's this going on about you yeah. know but maybe if we've seen the first mm. we would have um we would have sort of like you know, understood the character a little bit more you know it would have made a bit more sense maybe but um yeah i mean at this point like it, throughout the film to me it didn't feel like a sequel they weren't it wasn't relying on us having seen the first which yeah. is good uh, a penny dropped for me when I heard his name, uh, like Fast Eddie Felson. Um, th now, this is very local to us, so <laughs> sorry if you're not from Bournemouth or the surrounding areas, but there's there's actually a, a, a sports bar in, in Bournemouth called Felson's. Uh, like does snooker and pool and all that lot. Yeah, I knew I knew the name, so yeah. Felson's, okay, yeah. and that's where they got it from. Well, yeah, I'm thinking that, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So the people that, like, fair play to them, you know, they're sort of like, they, they name it after an actual pool player, they named it after a movie pool yeah, player, which is really cool. So a come hustler. here, get hustled. Yeah, <laughs> I like that, that's cool. Yeah. I have to visit Felson's. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've been drunk in there. I, I stripped on one of their tables once when oh, I was drunk. wow. So you might not be allowed in. <laughs> and it's a funny story around that, actually. I got really drunk with some work colleagues and I went round and there's there's about uh, 10 of us and I individually went to every single one of them and went, right, don't tell anyone, <laughs> but I'm having a baby. <laughs> don't tell anyone, no one's supposed to know. And I went round and told every single individual <laughs> separately. And they were all like, yeah, we all know, you've told us. <laughs> <laughs> amazing you were like literally keeping it well sliced for each one like it's a secret yeah, keep it under your eye we'll yeah. the next one same thing yeah. <laughs> I love it um, but anyway that's that's Felson's the bar <laughs> moving on Paul Newman kind of gets disturbed by John Turturro um, who, who everyone will recognise from something I knew he's in the Big Lebowski. He's in the um, Big Lebowski. Yeah. yeah, he's in the Transformers movies, or at least one of them. Um, yeah, but he's he's in a lot of things. Um, uh, so you'll recognise him from something. Um, and they're kind of he's trying to hustle Tom Cruise. Is Vincent? Um, uh, basically, Totoro is Paul Newman's mate. They know each other, and he kind of supplies him with money in order to hustle Tom Cruise. Right. Yeah. yeah, so straight away I was a bit like, what's going on? Wait a second. So like, basically, Paul Newman funds these guys, well, this guy, yeah. to play Paul. And he's obviously like versed him in the art of hustling, how to make the most money. And basically, this guy's getting smashed by Tom Cruise. Yeah. Like, Tom Cruise is like walking around the table, smashing balls in. To and Phil like... Collins as well. <laughs> yeah, so 80s, you know. And basically, he, um, he he comes up to Paul Newman and he says, look, we're playing for 20 a frame now, you know, 20 bucks. Like, I need another, I need some more money. And he, he sort of obliges and gives them the cash, doesn't he? But basically this sort of like piques his interest, Paul Newman. He look, he's looking over and thinking, who is this guy? Because mm. he looks like well comfortable. He's just smashing every ball in, you know? Yeah, and he's got that absolute hammer of a, a break on him. He's he's killing it. Um, and But then like Tom Cruise starts getting really cocky with a cue. Um, this is uh, the first note I'll make is, 
I find Tom Cruise really annoying in this film. Oh, he's he is really yeah, I agree. <laughs> that um that kung fu movie he does after potting a ball and stuff, yeah. he is um he he's a little bit hard to like. Yeah. Uh, as the, he's meant he's meant to be the main guy we're meant to be sort of rooting for mm. pretty much. And um he's a bit hard to root he's for. He's too cocky and I want to knock his teeth out. Yeah, yeah, he is way too cocky. But I mean, I guess that you know that's the direction and, and, and the character that he's been told to play. And so if he was told to play, you know, a cocky upstart, he's doing a really good job. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, we'll, we'll mention that a few more times, uh, I'm sure. Uh, but one thing that's worth noting now is the way some of these balls moving across the table are shot is outstanding. Like, again, yeah. very Scorsese-esque, very stylish shot. He he really knows how to use that camera, doesn't he? I don't even know how they achieved it. Some of it's brilliant. Like, yeah. some sometimes the the camera sort of follows the ball all the way along until it plops down. Yeah. Um, there, there's shots from sort of behind um, Tom Cruise True, where he's like playing shit doubles and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the way the balls glide across <laughs> the felt. <laughs> um, but, it, like, one note I made is, like, some of these shots must have taken ages to film because, yeah. like, there's some good shots. And um, from what I read, it, Tom Cruise did did actually pretty mm. much make all these shots apart from one I believe that was out of his skill set but fair play and um, no you're right it, the, some of the shots are awesome but and, it's, the, um, it's those actual those camera shots on the table mm. where the background's all completely blacked out they must have done something really special because it feels like 3D and it's not 3D and it's not CGI and those shots would have been done using cgi I, 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 no doubt if it was shot today um i, I realize it's confusing because a pool shot and a, a camera shot so I, <laughs> let me say these camera shots would have been done using cgi um because these you see these huge balls they're like side of beach balls on the camera um coming right towards you and then and then the camera pans and follows it into the hole and it and it looks incredible i, I want to see some behind the scenes footage of how they shot it because it just looks great um and uh it's hard to explain without seeing it, um, but the, the, those are really standout moments. And there's only about four or five of those moments in the film. The rest of them are usually kind of shots from seeing the whole table or close-ups yeah. of the player and stuff. But those particular macro shots of seeing that, those balls glide across the table... And again, I'm hearing myself and it sounds shit, <laughs> but they're great. It's proper cinema. And also, um, have you ever seen a film uh, about, about Paul before? Uh, I, I, I know I have Not haven't. recently. No. <laughs> and so one thing, you know, one thing that is a plus about this movie is it was taking me into a world that I hadn't seen before on film. And um, like you say, you know, it was interesting seeing um, how they shot a, a pool match, you know, especially some of these like, you know, yeah. really clever shots like you mentioned. So, yeah, interesting mm. for sure. At this point, John Turturro realises he's he's not going to beat Tom Cruise, so he wants to split. Um, but Tom Cruise, Cruise says, no, 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 stay. Let's, let's just play play. In other words, let's not play for money. Let's just play. And mm. it's like, well, why would you want to do that? And um, I think this gives us like a glimpse, doesn't it, into sort of how Tom Cruise, the Vincent character, thinks. He, um, at this point, just does have a massive love of playing pool. Yeah. And so he's not really, he's not bothered really about winning money at all. You know, he just wants to play pool. He wants to, he wants everyone's best game. He wants you to come to the table and give him a really good match. And that will make Tom Cruise happy. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Paul Newman kind of steps up at this point, um, going, taking the bets from $20 to $500. Yeah. Uh, which is like, okay, this guy's a baller. He knows what he's doing. And so at this point, um, well, we're only a couple of minutes in, but Paul Newman's like negotiating with um, Tom Cruise's girlfriend. Yeah. And so straight away, I was a bit like, uh, you know, what's going on here? Like, does she like control him? Does she, is she his manager or whatever? Is this, is this a known thing in Paul that they have handlers? It's yeah. odd. <laughs> and also, um, again, we've only seen a few minutes of Tom Cruise, but I immediately thought he, he's coming across like quite a simple guy. Yeah. Like, like pretty stupid, very good at Paul, but 
he it's like he needs this girlfriend to like keep him on the straight and narrow to tell him what to do yeah. she, you know so it's a bit strange she's the brains in the outfit she is um I just thought it was a bit odd. And like, I don't know, Tom Cruise comes across as well stupid in this film. Like, yeah. really simple sort of guy, you know? And um, yeah, and this is the first time where we see how powerful, like, you know, his girlfriend is really in his mm. life. And Paul Newman is cool as fuck. And he starts trying to play mind games with the money, doesn't he? Um, and then he eventually invites Tom Cruise and his girlfriend over to, uh, to for dinner. Yeah, and again, very early on, they're like having dinner and they're sort of well powy. Yeah. And... Um, I was like, did I miss something? I don't know. It just, it moved very quick in this first 10 minutes that they're all sort of like, you know, laughing and joking over dinner. And I'm thinking, just met him in a pool bar. Like, yeah, I'm, won ago. I'm wondering whether that's a, a choice in regards to Paul Newman's meant to be this guy who can befriend anyone or mm. trick anybody. Um, he, he can read people. And that, that, that feeds into what happens in this scene as well. Yeah. Um, but before we talk about that, um, I like the fact that Tom Cruise, obviously, bearing in mind what year this film was released, Tom Cruise says he has video game reflexes. Um, uh, so that's kind of helping him in regards to, to to Paul, and that means that the future generations of Paul players will be a lot better because they grew up on video games, etc. Yeah. Um, and Tom Cruise is convinced that being good at computer games will lead to a massively good job in yeah. the future because that's what you know <laughs> the future will be full of yeah. people playing computer games and uh, getting great skills. <laughs> but basically, Paul Newman wants to teach him how to hustle. Yeah, and like that's again, we'll talk more about it. But this is the part of the film that I did think was like really interesting. Um, this film wasn't just about uh, trying to train up uh, some like rough diamond to win a, a tournament. Mm. This was about trying to teach someone to uh, make a ton of money, and that's mm. like an interesting angle which you don't see that often in sports movies. Mm. It's faking it, but also it being great at pool, but also pretending that you're not great in order to hustle people into betting money on you yeah um so it's an interesting like you've got to lose a few times which comes into it later yeah and i thought like that's what runs through the whole film the yeah. whole conflict about that and i thought that was just a, a, a something i hadn't seen before and um that sort of makes this film stand out a bit more from the average sport movie i yeah. thought you know it's a bit different but at this point paul, uh, paul newman kind of wants to show off his abilities to hustle and read people um, so he bets the meal check on uh, that he'll be able to leave the bar with uh, leave the bar with the woman who's at the bar um, and he basically walks up and whispers something in her ear and uh, it seems to succeed doesn't he, he walks straight out with her um, and uh, I'm sure you did. You sort of guessed his angle straight away. Yeah, yeah. yeah I knew there was something going on. Yeah. Um, uh, but basically, it turns out he he knew her, and he yeah. just asked her to leave and check out his car. Basically, that's it. Yeah. yeah. So, like I say, he wins the bet. He gets dinner paid for, and straight away we we know this Paul Newman now is a cool character, calls a cucumber, and um, yeah, he's very sneaky and and clever, and will do anything to to win a bet. Yeah, and then straight into the next scene, Paul Newman's uh, in bed uh, with what I thought at the time was his wife, but I believe actually it's just a, a bit of a, a girlfriend, right? Girlfriend situation? Yeah, um, and like he, it seemed like he got quite a strong connection because he sort of pines for us all throughout the movie. So mm. they're, they're quite tight and um, yeah, he's in bed, but he can't be speaking to his missus much because he's just thinking about Vincent, the, yeah. you know, the Tom Cruise character. And um, so he's, he's really sort of... You know, he's playing on his mind. He's thinking, God, I haven't seen talent like this in, in, in a long time. Yeah. Um, and then we get um, Paul Newman and um, Tom Cruise's girlfriend. Carmen. Um, Can I just say, because oh, we've both been talk calling her Tom Cruise's girlfriend, because that's basically <laughs> what we knew her as uh, up until this point. But it turns out her name is Carmen, because um, she's a pivotal point in this, uh, a she pivotal is. person in this, in this movie. So just thought that was worth mentioning, because I'm going to keep calling her Tom Cruise's <laughs> girlfriend, and I'm going to keep calling Tom Cruise Tom Cruise. So. <laughs> 
Um, I did recognise that. Um, so I, I thought to myself, ah, I know that face. I know Carmen's face, and she was she was in Scarface. She was Tony's um, sister, little yeah. sister. Um, and so, and I also recognised her as well for another film I've seen quite a lot, which was um, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, mm, yeah. Maid Marian, yeah. um, which was cool. So yeah, um, good actress, and like I said, it's nice to see her pop up. She seems like an actress who was like real busy in the eighties and the nineties and yeah. things, but not one I sort of have seen for a while. Um, so you got Newman and um, Carmen basically chatting in the car, and basically they're he's explaining how um we we can make a lot of money with through vincent basically mm-hmm. his, his ability to play paul um can make us a lot of money and he seems to like latch on to the fact that he almost knows carmen wants to make money and wants to have a, a better life than she's got at the moment yeah. and he he starts manipulating her mm-hmm. to manipulate him doesn't he yeah so she's basically coached to kind of make him feel insecure about their relationship so it kind of pushes him into doing it because uh, he's currently working at child world um, <laughs> yeah. selling baby accessories uh so paul newman goes along um and uh you know something just just clicks uh it's like okay this guy's gonna manipulate tom cruise into becoming a hustler i've got to say i've noticed in these last couple of scenes i haven't seen a massive amount of paul newman films and he's a big hollywood name um i know him from like robe to perdition and stuff like that and always thought he's you know he's a great actor but you really see his movie star presence in this film i think he's so charismatic and we've talked about a few other actors on this podcast being really charismatic but he's got something you can see why he was a, a big movie star can't you yeah um, he's definitely got an aura and, yeah. and and he does sort of steal the, all the scenes he's in um yeah for sure and like i say for a film there's only really three people in this movie pretty much the whole thing mm. so like you know they they've all we all get to know these guy people very well, and we see a lot of Paul Newman, and he's he's awesome. Yeah, yeah. he's good. And this scene here, where the uh, this kind of what I, I I call a call to action scene, is is very Scorsese esque. Sat around the table, it's framed and shot very Scorsese. Um, and um, Paul Newman kind of is really hammering home those insecurities that he's been setting up, um, and about Tom Cruise's relationship and things like that. So he's forcing him to take action. So I think it's a very clever way of saying, okay. This is how good Paul Newman is at hustling. He's hustling this guy he wants to teach how to hustle. Um, hmm. It's basically what he's doing. Um, and uh, this is when we first uh, get the balabushka. Yeah. So basically, um, it's it's like it's the next night or, or whatever. And we got we got Vincent and, and Carmen. They go to um, they go to Eddie's bar, mm. and um, basically. Um, Tom Cruise goes at the back and uh, yeah Eddie gives him a, a babushka and again it's, it's a manipulation he's giving him this amazing cue as if to say you know you need to come to Atlantic mm. City you need to follow me and I'll teach you how to do everything and look at this amazing cue and it's going to make you want to play and blah 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 I mean to me it looked like any other cue but <laughs> this is what I was going to say like I know it probably sound like idiots to anyone who plays Paul, but how much can an expensive cue, how much difference can an expensive cue make? I I don't know. I mean, it's a good question. Um, I I don't know. I always Um. thought the same, though, um, (laughs) like playing sport, like playing, say, for example, rugby, people would spend, get the highest end football boots or boots, whatever boots they were. And I'm just thinking, well, why? Like, it doesn't make that much difference. Uh, I think a lot of it is. A, a confidence thing the it's placebo, a placebo. Effect, yeah. yeah so like possibly. I've got the best cue therefore I'm going to play better or I've got the best boots I'm going to play better but look good feel good that kind of thing yeah um but i just I never see i'm never surely a stick is a stick is a stick <laughs> but there might be something in the waiting and like perfectly balanced but if you're not good enough to know you it's going to be you're going to be a shit on that as you're going to be on anything <laughs> else surely I'm, I'm quite keen just to literally look up very quickly how much a babushka cue is i just i'm just is it a balabushka, I a think? A balabushka, yeah. I just want to... 
I did look actually during the film. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't help it. You yeah. had to find out how much yeah. a balabushka is. Well, I looked to see if it was a real thing. I didn't look up the price. Um, uh, so for, uh, $900, uh, 900 quid I found one for. Okay. Um, I, it, for the way they're talking about it in the film, I thought it would go for more. Yeah. Oh, um, here we go. Yeah. 1,000 pounds. Okay, so it's going up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, but around uh, between 600 and 1,000 pounds, basically. Right, I see. So so a nice queue. And basically, now Vincent, Tom Cruise, has got this queue, you know, and it's, um, you know, it's another reason for him to sort of, you know, follow Paul Newman around. And he goes back to the bar, doesn't he? Um, and um, More manipulations now. More manipulations, because... At this point, Carmen's gone out for... Remind me, has she well, gone out for a chat with Newman? No, Paul Newman basically comes up to her, she's at the bar, and he whispers something in her ear, and Tom Cruise is kind of in the That's background. It. You don't hear it, do no. you? No, and That's then she, then she go, he goes in the back, and then she disappears, and Tom Cruise gets really paranoid, like, what's going on? Are they fucking... What's happening? Where's she gone? Um, and someone at the bar says, oh, I think she went out there, and then she comes back shortly after and says, oh, she just went out to get cigarettes. Um, and... Uh, it's is obvious to us that she's manipulating him and trying to add this kind of uh, insecurity in. Um, they've really truly got in his head, and I think it goes back to what you said. He seems a bit simple in this. Mm. Um, he's not gone full simple Jack or <laughs> <laughs> simple Jack. That was on film Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Oh mate, oh, I'd get flashbacks. Oh, you do remember then. Um, <laughs> but they're in his head. They're in his simple head, and um, this is when he agrees to start hustling because he's like insecure. He's worried that she's going to leave him because he's a he's a nobody. Because um, basically Newman's telling him that she's a girl that's going to like the nicer things in life, and she's you're not she's not going to stay around if you're just going around pool halls for no money. Mm. Um, so that's it. And uh, they're getting ready to basically go touring the country, uh, hustling idiots out of money. Yeah. Um, so just before they head off as well, we get we get a scene where you've got um, Paul Newman's character and he, he's dancing with his with his girlfriend and everything looks good. And then we get um, Julian pops up, who's, um, remind me the name, Dan? John Turturro. John Turturro. And um, basically, Paul Newman's not very happy with him because it looks like he's done some drugs and he's like, oh, you know, why are you snorting that shit or whatever? And um, this is the first time you, you sort of get the impression that Julian, who used to be like his sort of, you know, right-hand man is, is under his wing, is a bit jealous that he's taken, mm. um, you know, Vincent, who's Tom Cruise, um, to Atlantic City. And, you know, he's his new um, sort of, you know, pet project. So um, a bit of jealousy there. Yeah, and, and this is setting up, obviously, stuff for later on. But yeah, he's off, off his face on coke and pissed off. So um, we can tell he's a down down and out loser who's not going to beat Tom Cruise mm. again it's very 80s isn't it like having that sort of cocaine aspect yeah, you know yeah. it's, it's it's real and, and obviously they're talking about computer games earlier it's like it's very it's, Scorsese as well a bit of cocaine uh, in the movie good shout yeah absolutely yeah. it wouldn't be Scorsese without a bit of that <laughs> um, and basically they hit the road and um, we get Paul Newman explaining now how doing what he does funding um, Tom Cruise to go and play Paul and to hustle and to win money he's going to be taking 60% of everything um, <laughs> he he makes, and at first you think, "Oh, that's a lot of money," but actually, he you know this guy is is taking him and his missus, sorry, Carmen and, and Vincent, on an all expensive paid trip around mm. you know certain places in America, um, laying on bets and stuff. He's and, a pimp, but, big time, yeah, yeah. Just you know, the only difference is it's, it's with a pool player, He's a pool pimp, yeah. So sixty oh, percent <laughs> pool pimp, He's a pool pimp. <laughs> Paul Newman, the pool pimp. <laughs> God, that's a bit of a tongue twister, isn't it? <laughs> bit of alliteration there. Um, but yeah, it's. It, I'm sure there's like football agents that have got better deals, but that <laughs> seems 60% is brilliant. And obviously at least the other two are 20% each. I don't know if she, what cut she's getting. Um, but they are off on the road now. And this is uh, where things start moving along. Um, Paul Newman basically says he's retired from pool. Um, there's something that's happened in the previous 
film that we obviously are unaware of. But I think it works without knowing because oh. uh, it's quite mysterious. But obviously, he's been forced into retirement at some point. So something must have gone down at the end of Hustler. Someone retired me. Says, yeah, exactly. Ooh, yeah. So uh, like I, I told you earlier that I was tempted, and spoilers for later, to, mm. to choose uh, for, off the back of this to choose uh, The Hustler as our next film. Mm. But doing doing those films back to front just felt a bit too much. Yeah, I know. It's it's tempting, but I knew you wouldn't do that. No. That would just be um, <laughs> quite funny. But yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. So no, I didn't go on that. <laughs> Um, and he talks about it being a young man's game, and I was like, of all the all the sports out there, if you want to call it a sport, is pool really a young man's game? Um, I, I mean, it maybe it's um, it's sight thing or react. Yeah, like, you don't need necessary reactions, but you need accuracy and sight and steadiness, I suppose. Mm. I was going to say um, this wouldn't apply to America, but I was going to say you know snooker's more your old man yeah. sport than pool. But I guess they didn't really have snooker in America. So no. I guess, well, this is know, the it's... equivalent, um, and I suppose there are you do get your youngers like your Jimmy Whites and stuff when they first started. Mm. I don't know much about Steve Davis. Was quite young when he started. Yeah, like, Alex Higgins. He was Alex a Higgins. bit of a rock and roll yeah. sort of like player. Um, but but still, the old people still they're still up there aren't they yeah I mean all I can say is maybe Paul Newman whatever happened to him before it sort of affected him and mm. you know he maybe got beat bad in that first movie yeah. you know which means he's sort of he's gone off the idea of playing and now he's just loving making loads of money <laughs> and there's a really nice moment in this next bit so I think it's uh, Carmen asks are you the best liquor salesman and he goes you betcha, and whacks up the radio and just accelerates off. And <laughs> yes. I was like, "Is that really the coolest thing to?" And it's like it's not really a mic drop moment, is it? Oh yeah, I'm the best liquor salesman. <laughs> Bang! <laughs> Off they go. Yeah, yeah. It's like a bit of a road movie at this point, isn't yeah. it? Do you know what I mean they're sort of like they're you know they're on the road and you know it all seems sort of like really exciting. Um, and basically they go to this like run. I don't know where it is, but it's some sort Shit of run, yeah, this run downtown. And um, basically Paul Newman is he, he's basically going to Vincent to play in this like this pool hall where you know he. Plays sort of X amount of years ago and he's like oh this will be you know this is a good place to start or whatever and then they walk in don't they open the door it turns out it's a furniture warehouse because yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is before like the days of the internet like people have got to remember nowadays you know you would just you would google someone or you'd, you'd give them a ring and just say oh you know but in those days you didn't have that facility so if you thought somewhere 100 miles down the road was open you would still think it's open yeah. and you go you know so it's a different world and I also like the fact there to have that conversation about leaving the pool cue behind and Tom Cruise is like but why and it's, I mean it's quite obvious um, nobody's going to play you if you've got a really expensive cue they know you're a fucking badass pool player no one would come near you with a nickel yeah no. exactly I mean, yeah. like again it, it shows his like simplicity like he can't really understand at this point like you know why wouldn't it look like why would it yeah. why would he get less money if I've got this amazing cue but again I, I like this aspect of the film that um, everything is put in place and everything is done with the aim of making more more money and like I said it's different to most sports movies where the aim is usually just to like win and win and you, yeah. know, you know and this is a little bit different which is cool that's certainly not the stupidest thing he says or does in this film <laughs> no um, but Tom Cruise basically feels sorry uh, for, for a man he's playing up, up next because um, he's, he's hustling him because he has a hole in his throat basically doesn't he so he mm. feels feels bad for hustling him um, but Paul Newman tells Carmen to bring the car around so he's obviously planning something yeah um he's a sneaky bastard yeah. he really is and then he sneaks upstairs to watch tom <laughs> to cruise watch. tom cruise take a beating from uh the blokes in the pool hall because he because doesn't have the money because paul newman holds the purse um and tom cruise doesn't have the money to hand over after losing um uh but basically he comes in before he gets too much of a beating and saves the day with a bit of 
<laughs> a bit of shit fisty cuffs. <laughs> it's all sort of kicking off. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's a proper mismatch. There's about seven yeah. blokes on Tom Cruise, and like I say, Paul Newman, like you say, comes in and saves the day. And this is very manipulative. It was completely planned, wasn't yeah. it? To like to get the point across to Tom Cruise. You know, you take money every single time, and you bet money, and you you beat people when I tell you to beat them, and you lose when I tell you to yeah. lose. Be ruthless. Yeah. Have have a killer instinct. Yeah. It's just more mind games. You're just playing with him. Um, uh, but Tom Cruise is a bit bloodied. Um, and he, yeah, he just gives him that message of nice guys finish last. So um, be ruthless, even if guys don't have uh, throats. Mm, yeah, that's it. Absolutely. So throat or no throat, you fucking yeah. beat them. By you go for the jugular. Sorry. No, don't apologise. I like things that. That is fucking brilliant. There'll be people literally cringing as fuck, but I love that. Sorry. Awesome. Sorry. Um, so we get now um, uh, a shot in a scene in the hotel room. and um, Boobs! <laughs> yeah, so she's walking around um, with her chest fully out. Why? Um, in the mirror. Um, and this is where we get like a first little... Um, the first little sign that there might be something between um, Paul Newman and, and, and Carmen. Mm. Maybe not um, between Carmen and Paul Newman, but Paul Newman basically starts like almost perving her a bit, doesn't he? And yeah, it's weird. We're meant to think, what's that all about? Like this, like gratuitous shot though. Like she just stands there in her boobs in the toilet with her boobs out, <laughs> boobs in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> like a proper swingers on it, um, but no, she stands there. <laughs> Flush, <laughs> <Yeah>. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she just stands there, with her boobs out, and I was thinking this doesn't really happen anymore, where it's just there for no for no reason. It usually serves a purpose, um, and I know what they're trying to do. I know what Scorsese is trying to do is set up this frisson between them two that are oh, will they won't they like run off together or or be together at any point. Um, but yeah, it just felt a bit weird to me. It just felt a bit like leery i know what you mean and the, the shot is like you know seconds too long like if it had just been like a, a real quick yeah. Or, or yeah or she could have she could have like not been showing her full boobs and been naked yeah. and, and just, and stood, just looking. yeah but i think that but what they wanted to get across is that she's not afraid of him seeing her naked mm. um and that comes comes up later on as well not to this extent but yeah uh, there's a bit when she's in like her knickers and stuff you know yeah. and again you're like whoa this is mm. like <laughs> she's just well revealing like oh, everything yeah. she's wearing and stuff we'll he, he needs to have seen it but did we need to see it because like it could have been shot from behind her shoulder looking at him and his face reacting to seeing her naked yeah. that would have been just of effect but I'm not Scor well, who am I to tell Scorsese what to do <laughs> fuck off Dan I'm, I'm stopping this podcast now <laughs> Oh, and then they go to um. So after this um this this hotel scene where they basically go to um another pool hall, don't they? Which is Chalkies. Yes. And I've got to say, there's some great names in this film. Um, there's names I've never heard uh, people be called before. And I just love it. So um, we meet uh, a character that Paul Newman knew from years ago, and his name is Orvis. Orvis. Yeah. <laughs> what was that all about? Name. Yeah. I, I, it took me a while to understand what they were saying. Um. Uh, but yeah, Carmen's turning heads in this one, isn't she? Because this pool hall's full of like. You're dirty men playing pool, smoking, drinking, and she walks in and doesn't really fit in. No, absolutely. She's um, yeah, she really stands out as a very sort of pretty girl. And basically, Vincent sort of he doesn't want her to be in there. He's worried about what might happen with these, you know, these scary guys around his missus. And she kicks off, doesn't she? And they've yep. a big old argument. And um, yeah, like I say, Eddie has to sort of like say to him. He has to say to Carmen, you need to get out of the pool hall. And he has to say to Vincent, like, you know, you need to keep a lid on this, mate, because yeah. you need to be a cool cucumber because we need to win some money. Yeah, exactly. And they, then they start playing. Um, and this is where Tom Cruise's annoyingness just hits more levels because he, he get, starts getting really cocky. He just doesn't understand the basics of... I'm not a hustler, but I understand <laughs> that playing really well and getting cocky isn't the best way to 
hustle people out of money in the pool hall. Yeah, I mean, he, he takes a shot where he looks away and he pots and things. And basically, the showboating gets so much that Eddie just sort of walks out, doesn't he? He, yeah. can't, he can't handle it because, like, Vincent just isn't getting it. <laughs> He's wasting his time and money on a fucking idiot. Yeah. Um, so he drives off and leaves Tom Cruise behind. <laughs> so just fucks right off. Uh, but later, uh, Paul Newman goes around to check Eddie got back all right. Um, and Carmen opens the door with, again, a bit of casual uh nudity it's not really nudity at this point but her top's undone and she's just in her knickers yeah and she gives him a bit of sass she gives him a bit of mouth and she, um he chucks her about and says don't play games i'm not i'm not your dad i'm not your boyfriend or your partner mm. um and uh it gets a bit rough with her he does it? and i think this is they nip it in the bud almost like so five minutes before you're sort of the audience is thinking oh i wonder if they'll have any sort of romantic mm. engagement and this sort of like nips that in the bud by him basically going look i you know it's not, not about you love it's not well so it's not about you, uh, Carmen. It's not about you. You know, it's yeah. about making money, and so it basically sets the character straight. Like, okay, there, he's an interesting Carmen. He just wants to make yeah. money. He's basically, although he's hustling, he's basically saying, "I'm a professional. I'm here to do a job." Yeah. Um, I'm not here to fuck broads. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, like mess about, absolutely. Yeah. And so, like yeah. I say, it, it sort of, it puts the, the, the character sort of back on the straight and narrow. We know what he's about. There's nothing is going to get in his way. It's all about making money, you know, yeah. and it doesn't care who, you know, he doesn't want to shag anyone or he doesn't want to, you know, he just wants to make money and that's mm. it. And then it turns out that Tom Cruise took the balabushka out. Mm. Uh, so that's, that's immediately warning signs. And at this point as well, He's playing what who what was known as the big dog of the the pool hall, mm-hmm. um, basically the, the the basically the best player in the whole pool hall, you know. Which again was against sort of uh, Paul Newman's advice. You, you want to be clever with who you play because other players can give you more money, and if you beat the best person straight away, no one's going to play you. But again, simple Vincent, he's playing the best person yeah. with a big crowd with the babushka, just going for it. <laughs> and this is the bit where I really wanted to knock his teeth out. There's this <laughs> shot where someone says, "What you got in there?" And he opens it up and just says, Doom. Doom. And uh, I was like, fuck's sake. But, interesting fact, apparently that's where the computer game got its name from. Did you see that? I did read that. And um, really random. Like, yeah. I, I guess the people that made the game just watched the movie and just said, should we call the game Doom? And they're well, like, yeah. Well, they're struggling for a name and her, the first time they ever heard the word Doom. I don't understand how that inspired it. <laughs> I don't either. It's like, but it is... um. It is a cool thing to call your cue, though, isn't it? Just to say inside this box is yeah. doom. Like, I was like, yeah. Because um, it's quite a cool line and a, and a great story that, um, you know, that's where obviously the famous computer game Doom came from, yeah. or the name come, came from. But he's doing that kung fu thing again when he pots a ball. And yeah, it's like, you're so annoying. Yeah. Um, proper showboating, um, but making friends. But that's not what he's there to do. He's doing no. the opposite. Um, so Paul Newman is fuming. He can uh, no longer play in this town because he's basically made himself famously good. Um, so that's scratched that off the map for them. Um, but Tom Cruise um, basically you know, says, oh, I'm just out having a bit of fun and tries hitchhiking home because he's been abandoned hmm. there. Um, Newman tells him it's embarrassing. Tom Cruise is acting like a girl who got felt up at a drive-in. <laughs> Amazing. You can't argue with him. Yeah, no, it's, it's a like, great saying. Yeah, I want to. Leave. If someone has a tantrum and walks off, I'm going to say the same thing. It's fucking brilliant. Um, he only earned 150 dollars in that night, which apparently is is not enough. Um, 
that wasn't pool. That was a circus. <laughs> what I like about this as well is they they have this argument and then they sort of make up. Vincent sort of explains how he's going to try better, and Paul yeah. Newman's like, okay, you know, we'll carry on. And then just before the sort of shot ends, he's like, oh yeah, but I'm going to need that ninety bucks. He's like, what do you mean? Yeah. He's like, well, ninety bucks is sixty percent. Yeah, yeah. And I like that. So I think the audience sort of forgot about that. You yeah. know, <laughs> like so did Vincent. It's like, oh yeah, you have to pay his money. <laughs> yeah, but that's the first time he's you know first time he's been a proper idiot about it. But he, he doesn't stop. Um, and then. We get Paul Newman asking his girlfriend to move in with him. So, like you said earlier, pining after that, mm. his his girlfriend. Um, so he's he's obviously he's not on the road for for he's not on the road for fun uh, or pleasure. He's he's on the road. He's in love with this this girl, um, and he's out there to do a job. It's just hammering that home again. Yeah, and that's um, I didn't think the character would be like that when I saw the first sort of twenty minutes of the film. I thought, oh, this guy's gonna be a right player, and he's gonna be he's gonna be having a a, a girl, you know, at every bu- different pool bar and stuff. But it's not like that. I he's mean, his a- name's Fast Eddie for fuck's sake. <laughs> that's what he's I mean. a hustler. You'd think you'd have like you know uh, women sort of hanging yeah. off his arm, but no, he's um he seems quite loyal and yeah. um you know quite a decent guy really. Even though he's a hustler, mm. he's a, a decent hustler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then we get probably the most Scorsese moment in it. There's this diner shot where it's a dolly shot. It kind of zooms in on them, doesn't it? It's, it kind of trails along it just seems overly dramatic for what is essentially just a, a, a few people sat around a diner table yeah um so i love that really extravagant and levels up the movie a bit i think um and this is where we get explained the um the two brothers and a stranger trick yes exactly um so yeah it's like paul newman's story and it's, this whole thing is very like edgy film editing style for the period i think it a, a lot of it feels dated a lot of it feels quite modern um but yeah, I just just like the scene, very Scorsese. So this is good. Basically, we get um, Vincent. Um, it, it goes into a bar, doesn't he? And he's playing a game again. Well, he basically says to the guys playing pool, "Would you like to play a game or whatever?" Yeah. And is this the really like skinny looking guy? Uh, this is the. Um... I don't think he was particularly. Oh no, not him. No, this is the guy who. Um... Basically, he's he hasn't even got he's not even like a named character, but they're in that bar with all the sort of white walls, and then Carmen and um Eddie walk in as a couple and start That's acting right. loud yeah, and like yeah, yeah. Jimmy and basically um fondling each other, fondling each other, yeah. yeah. And this is all like a ruse, you know, to get to to so Tom Cruise can eventually win a game of pool, with, you yeah. know, with a lot of money down. But he basically can't handle how um you know how Paul Newman's hands all over his uh, yeah. all over Carmen and you know how much Carmen's like you know acting up as well. And basically he sort of walks out doesn't he like, yeah messes it all up so basically he bet a thousand pounds on tom cruise not choking um but obviously it all, it all fucks up because tom cruise again doesn't get what hustling is <laughs> um and uh can't deal with it and they have an argument outside and uh paul newman basically says it's acting <laughs> and tom cruise is just fuming at the handsiness so this is all adding to the paranoia again though because he's now thinking are those two at it again um so yeah interesting and this next shot is again one of those dramatic um ball shots <laughs> there's a great face there um but that cue and ball action is just excellent it, like it just looks like something that would be made today to make a, a a shit game seem dramatic um but you get a montage of hustles and i think at this point is when um there's a link to cruella in this film ah um which is there's a uh iggy pop song on cruella and iggy pop appears in this film as one of the pool players he's the skinny guy i was talking about earlier oh that's amazing yeah. so iggy pop is that kind of time. androgynous looking skinny person in this is is iggy pop oh that's cool yeah did uh, he have his top off 
<laughs> he usually does. Because it usually does, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm thinking, like, did yeah. he have this place? Yeah. <laughs> but I, did, I didn't recognise him when I saw him in the film. And it was only later that it said he was appeared. I was like, I don't remember seeing him. Hmm, um, but if you look up um, Iggy Pop in Colour of Money, um, and you're like, okay, yeah, that... That does look like him. I'm literally doing it now, yeah. and this could be a good thing to put to put on the website, like just you know, you know a picture yeah. of him, just to because you know you'd be hard pressed to find. He's got like movie. dark, swept over hair, a white t-shirt, quite camp. Just, just get him up too. So. In fact, he had um, a t-shirt on with uh, "Attack of the Fifty Foot Woman" on it, like a film poster. Oh, t-shirt. there he is, yeah. mate. Never would have recognised him. Um, yeah, like I say, without his top off and sort of longer blonder hair, I don't really recognise him. Yeah. But, um, oh, a great little cameo. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, next, sh- uh, so that shot is amazing, and that time la- lapse of p- uh, pots was great as well. Did Did you notice that where it was it was kind of time lapse of the table and just um, all the balls just going in, and it's like a nice montage. It was, it was really good, a montage of hustles as well. Um, so yeah, it's just basically a, a bit of a time jump to show us that Tom Cruise is learning. He's mm. learning that okay, this is how you do it. Yeah, um, and then basically after this montage, we then we then meet Grady Seasons again, another mm. like amazing name. And this guy's the best money player in the world. I don't know yeah. what the money part means. <laughs> like he's either the best player in the world or he's not. But he I does well in competitions. Maybe? Yeah, maybe. Or is he the best hustler? I don't know. Yeah. But Paul basically Paul Newman's like to, to Tom Cruise, this is the man, you yeah. know. Um, and he basically says to to Vincent. So Eddie says, look, you got to lose to this guy bad. You know, let him let him beat you, let him proper smash you about um, on the pool table. Mm. Because because this is going to maximise our money, but ugh, Vincent bless him, he just can't do it, can he? He just no. cannot do it. And to be honest, um, I, I do sort of understand where the character's coming from a bit. It, is, it must be hard for a, for a good sportsman to um, to lay down. You know, if I was really good at something, it would wind me up a, actually a lot to to deliberately lose. Because if I was really good at something, I'd rather um, win. For the glory rather mm. than the money. Do you know what I mean? And again, I think that's interesting what this film tries to do, you know, tries to... I find you learn that skill as, as a parent. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> you have to lose all the time in order, even though, you know, Lay I'm much down. better than this stupid little kid, <laughs> but I need to pretend I'm not. Yeah, like I say, you've got to like, you've got to you know, go down to yeah. their level and you've yeah. got to like, yeah. I still do it through gritted teeth though. <laughs> not happy about it, but <laughs> no, it's got to be done. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, maybe this whole film is a big old analogy, you know, for, yeah. um, you know, how to try and, you know, raise a, a small child. Well, that's it. I mean, Tom Cruise <laughs> Does act like a small yeah. child. Paul Newman uh, refers to this whole trip as childcare, um, and he's he's like the father figure. Um, so may, yeah, we're onto something. This film's <laughs> about parenting, um, and and Tom Cruise keeps fucking up despite the wisdom of uh, of, of the parent. Um, so ha- uh, by the way, how fucking cool does Paul Newman look in this bit with his shades on, and he just yeah. looks like a bloody badass, doesn't he? Yeah, he does look awesome. He's looking really good. Um, and at this point, we've got basically Vincent's losing to this Grady guy. Grady's go- goading him. Yeah, it's um, like a nightmare. Yeah, and he, he basically, um, uh, Vincent can't handle it, can he? He's um, triggered. Yeah, and um, basically ends up winning the match against Grady with this amazing shot. Um, there's some br- brilliant ball shots in this, you know, with the ball sort of curls around one ball and sort of you know hits one to the other, etc. Which is really really cool. There's there's shots in it where I think I wonder how they they're going to hit the nine ball from here, and like they managed to do it, and I'm yeah. thinking, God, that looks well good. Like I would love to watch some some top nine ball players live because I bet it'd be a really good watch. Yeah. Uh, I like that. Obviously, there's there's some great moody shots of uh, Paul Newman frowning to some guitar riffs, like, um, but he's obviously fuming because Tom Cruise isn't losing mm. enough. Um, and Carmen says to him a great line. I think um, you win one more game, you'll be humping your fist for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, amazing. Um, so, like I say, if that's not you know a reason to sort of you know lose. Then uh, what is? So he. Uh, 
<laughs> literally and metaphorically pots the white on purpose straight away <laughs> um and uh so yeah he, he kind of got whipped into into line there yeah uh, but then paul newman interrupts um them jumping on the bed doesn't he um, yeah they're sort of like <laughs> acting like like literally five-year-olds now yeah. they're like messing about and he comes in takes the kids. cue and yeah kids <laughs> and i mean it looks like sort of vincent and carmen have sort of made up for now because obviously their relationship's quite like rocky they're, yeah. one minute they're arguing one minute they're sort of best mates and um anyway yeah eddie comes in grabs the cue and um he goes out to, to to play some cash games so this is the first time we sort of see him um sort of playing pool against anyone else other than vincent isn't yeah. it yeah and he, he's kicking ass um until mm. he comes across forrest whitaker Yes, who is in this film? So yeah. he wasn't he in one of the, we were talking about him a couple of weeks ago, I believe, Forrest Whitaker. I may well have been. I can't remember, but he, I'm sure he came up on one of our podcasts. Um, was, was he in one of the films? Was he? Yeah, or well, we got onto him somehow. But and basically, in this, he's a hustler, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. But at first, we don't realise he's a hustler. So basically, um, he, he works at the local university, doesn't he? And he comes across as just a, sort of an honest guy trying to play a few games of pool. Um, and it, it's only sort of like towards the end where he he wins like the sort of decisive one. That sort mm. of it turns out that he's a hustler, and Paul Newman's been hustled, didn't he? Yeah, he asked him three times. You're a hustler, Amos. You're a hustler, Amos. Um, Another great name, by the way, Amos. That's yeah. such a good name. But ouch, like that must hurt this hustler, the hustler from from that film, you know, remember? You know, that fast Eddie. <laughs> yeah, he's now been hustled. Yeah, the know? guy who's got Paul Halls named after him in Bournemouth. <laughs> that guy got hustled. Um <laughs> <laughs> but, but like so he probably hasn't got like, I mean in the film you get the impression that he doesn't sort of enjoy playing pool as, as much anymore so he sort of hasn't got that in his locker I guess he was thinking oh but at least I'm a hustler I can make loads of money and now yeah. that's been sort of taken away you know yeah. Amos has hustled him and he's you know he's almost like this is the point in the film where you think actually this guy's maybe a bit of old news you know he can't really play pool anymore and he can't really hustle anymore like, how could he get suckered like that he basically mm. says and he has a little cry yeah he does he's, he's really really cut up by it isn't he and isn't this where um, he basically says to, to Vincent, "Like I've taught you everything you, I can teach you now. You know that's it. You've got to just go off on your own." Which I thought was a bit strange because I was thinking now, like, okay, so he's taught him everything he knows. Where's like the? Is he not going to like watch him like play mm. the rest of the games and like keep funding him and stuff? It's like he just went off. You go. Yeah, off you and, go. Here's a water cash. Yeah, it was a bit weird. I, I no longer want sixty percent of the window. He's lost the love again, hasn't he? Because he's yeah. all that love, but now he's just basically he's embarrassed, isn't he? Yeah, and he's so, just sort of like on self destruct mode. There's yeah. a load of money. Just yeah. go away. Or whatever. Throws in the towel. Yeah. Um, and I love. There's a bit where Tom Cruise does the weakest bit of criminal damage hissy fit that I've ever seen. Did you see it? <laughs> oh, so is this when he rips off a banister? Yeah, yeah but it just really looks really weak and I was like, oh, that's that's really embarrassing. Um, also, on the on the pool theme, the, the, the stairs out of that pool hall looked well like the entrance to Sharky's uh, in Bournemouth, oh, didn't it? Every pool hall ever. <laughs> and Felsen's. Has those stairs. Yeah, they all have these bloody stairs, don't they? The one I used to go to in my hometown was the same as well. Amazing. They're, they're all the same because they're all upstairs. You need a lot of space and you don't get like you know, ground floor space like that uh, without a premium. So they all go into the attic, don't they? Every fucking pool hall and, and snooker hall has those stupid stairs. <laughs> Amazing. Bad as well when you're wrecked. Yeah. <laughs> but Tom Cruise refuses the money, idiot. Uh, but luckily, Carmen's got a head on those shoulders and takes it. <laughs> she takes it. Back. Yeah. And again, it's just another um, thing to, to hammer home. Carmen is a is a really sort of um, money making uh, like machine, isn't she? She's yeah. she's thinking all the time about business and money and how she can make more. Mm. And so she obviously takes the money. <laughs> That's it. And then then we get a montage of Paul Newman looking very forlorn, uh, playing pool, swim, going swimming, swimming, getting eye tests, <laughs> yeah. reading papers. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, this is basically meant to tell the, the audience, I guess, he's sorting himself out. Yeah. Um, I didn't sort of get that straight away. I was just thinking, why has he gone swimming? Like, mm. Why is he getting an eye test? I, I understand now it's because he needed to get himself sort of in shape. Yeah. But it confused me a slight. This is the Rocky montage, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Him, like I say, getting ready for the yeah. sort of like the final act. Going to fly now. Yeah. He's playing. <laughs> uh, he's having an eye test and reading papers. Um, but yeah, he's now in competition himself. He is, yeah. Um, and he... Um, loses again. <laughs> yeah. Um, does he lose to an old woman? Yeah. Um, he keeps losing. He loses more and more. Uh, and then he loses some more. Um, and then he starts winning all yeah. of a sudden. There's a there's there's that bit. It's very much again. It's like Rocky where he's trying to get he's trying to beat Apollo. Um, he's he, and he keeps failing, and then suddenly one day he wins. One day it happens. It, it's very much like that, and it, that's it's every sports movie really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like I say, you could take that and put it on any of them. Um, we now basically are, are taken to Atlantic City, aren't we? And so this is where this this tournament's going to be happening. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'm going to keep calling it Las Vegas because it looks well like Las Vegas, but it's not. It's, it's Atlantic, Atlantic City. City. Yeah. It's a poor man's Las Vegas. Atlantic City is. <laughs> and um, one thing as well that did strike me is we get a shot of like a really packed casino, and I mean really packed. And I, um, I thought to myself, God, like with this whole like coronavirus thing, you never see places that packed anymore. No, like, I'm thinking, I wonder if we will ever yeah, see that again. I had a bit you know? of sweat on my when I yeah, saw that. like oh god! <laughs> think of all the germs flying around that place. But we get actually a really nice shot here of of, of all the pool tables that are going to be used in the competition, and um, all the players sort of ready to sort of break off. And then mm. the, the announcer sort of says, right, you know, the tournament's going to start three, two, one, and all of them at the same time, you know, yeah. take the break, and you just get balls everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> the sound in that was brilliant. Really thought, cool. Yeah. yeah, it looks really, really like symmetrical, and it all happened at once. Which, yeah. It was almost like synchronized swimming, but um, but with pool, it's good. What hit me on this bit is that. The whole film I've been thinking right this is it, obviously it's a sports film it's known for being you know a great a great sports film in fact um uh but all the way through I'm thinking Tom Cruise is the person who we're going to be rooting for at the end and it's going to be this crescendo for Tom Cruise but actually it flips it it's almost like Mr Miyagi going into a tournament at the end of Karate Kid or yeah, something uh, you're following da Danny LaRusso all the way through it and suddenly Mr Miyagi kind of separates off and, and it follows a route not really expected in a, in, in a film yeah it, it, like I say that, that I, I was really expecting it to follow the normal formula of um, the, the, the master teaching the apprentice how to do, do what he needs to do and at the end he put in everything into practice and and winning the the big game you know but yeah. it doesn't and you're right it does sort of switch and the focus does turn to this this eddie character um and the audience's sympathy is oh with eddie and we sort of mm. you know we want to see more of eddie and we you know we hope he can um we hope he can sort of get his spark back and you know win some matches yeah the other example would be Mickey from Rocky suddenly fighting Apollo Creed at the end of Rocky <laughs> 2 or something. I would love to see that. That would be amazing. I'm going to kill him, Rock. <laughs> yeah, Rocky trying to hold him back. <laughs> yeah, like, no, yeah, you can't do it. Yeah. That would have been good. Um, but we also, we bump into Tutora uh, again, don't we? Um, uh, makes himself seen. Uh, so this is all obviously coming back to earlier, as we said. Um, and yeah, that whole starts the classic is great. Tom Cruise and Carmen are now negotiating uh, with another player at the ball at the bar, and Paul Newman just happens to be there listening in. Yeah, and basically this is the sort of point where we we realise that Vincent and Carmen have become sort of pros at hustling. They know what they're doing. They know they they know what to say. They're how much playing. time has passed, by the way? What in the movie? Yeah, um, I'm not sure. I would I would guess a, a month or so, uh, just off the top of my head. I mean, it's not really explained. Mm. You know, I got the impression he was going to have maybe a month and a half, two months of of going around playing pool halls, and then he was going to play at Atlantic City. So I reckon yeah. the eye test, losing to the old woman, playing a few games of pool, has all happened in about a month. Yeah. Um, and also the dynamic between Carmen and Tom Cruise has changed at this point. 
Tom Cruise is a bit more bossy towards Carmen rather yeah, than the other way around. Definitely, so, he's got a bit of sass about him now. Yeah. He, he sort of knows what he's doing, and um, yeah, he's 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 hustling in you know the way hustlers need to yeah. hustle. And but and they have a bit of awkward small talk with Paul Newman. They're still relatively amicable, um, but then we get into the next day, and and uh, Tom Cruise is in the competition, um, and he's up against the same bloke from earlier, isn't he? He uh, Grady, the best yeah. uh, money player in the world. Yeah, and uh, he kind of reiterates, uh, he shoots back that line at him. It's it's like a nightmare, isn't it? Yeah, because uh, that's what he shot over to him. But that shot, that particular, sorry, that pool shot rather than the actual camera shot yeah. in that this is the best shot of the film i think to really hammer home how how uh much of a night, nightmare it is for the grady character yeah unbelievable um like i said some great shots in the film you're right this one probably is the best um and at the same time as well at the same time vincent's playing grady um eddie's been drawn against julian isn't he mm. so um they're both you know sort of playing these games and they both end up winning and would you believe it they're drawn together. As luck would have it, lo and behold, they're in, in the brackets together. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, But Paul Newman is confident um, and his, his girlfriend turns up, which is nice. Yeah, absolutely. So she's basically um, come to his hotel room, isn't she? And um, Eddie says to um, Carmen that he, he's going to beat him. He is going to yeah. beat Tom Cruise. He's going he's gonna to really bring out his A game and he's going to do his best to win. Now, next we get like a, a shot montage and this is like right out of Karate Kid. Hmm. It is so Karate Kid. Did you think that? I didn't know, but yeah. I explained how. So what sort yeah. of reminded you of it? It was just the way like the, the montages were shot. Like, you know, you get the, the running through the ranks, the shots of the brackets, the tournament moving on. Um, <laughs> Names going up the thing. Like yeah. I can imagine. There's even slow-mo action shots at the table. <laughs> um, Tom Cruise misses a big shot, but, you know, Paul Newman ends up, it wins basically. Um, it, all of that just added to the, it just, it, just felt if you go back and look at that and then look at the karate kid montage mm. it just feels exactly the same very similar yeah um basically yeah so paul newman takes the win right yeah so basically paul newman takes the win um and to be honest i i didn't see this next bit happening um no i didn't i, I, I didn't no. I, and i feel now um talking back i think how did i not see this happening yeah. you know? because i at this point i thought I knew how much was left of the movie, maybe 10, 15 minutes, maybe less than that, maybe five minutes. And I thought, oh, this has ended on a bit of a boring it's a bit note. vanilla, wasn't it? Yeah, it was mm. a bit boring, just like, okay. And then, so basically, Eddie has won this game. Um, you know, I thought that that was all there was to it. But it turns out that in the hotel room, um, basically later, uh, Vincent and Carmen uh, knock on the door. He was and, obviously fucking, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, he was everywhere embarrassed. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, he takes ages to get to the door, doesn't he, yeah. and stuff. So he comes to the door, and they basically say to him, oh, here's your £8,000, it's, it's your cut. And he's like, well, what do you mean, you know? And they're like, oh, you know, well, obviously 60% you get, and there's your cut. Um, yeah, I, 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 I bet that I would um, lose that match, and, um, and I lost, yeah. you know? And, like... This I just thought this was a really really good um, twist because it is a twist really yeah. I didn't see this coming and it's interesting because you on the one hand Vincent and Carmen have learned how to hustle really really well but on the other side of it it's actually really sad for Eddie mm. because um, he thought he had beaten you know a really good up and comer with his best game and he realised he hadn't yeah. and I just think that's like there's a lot of emotions going on there and it's hard to know like you know it's there's there's, there's happiness and sadness and I thought it was yeah. really good. Yeah, the, the apprentice beat the master and it's kind of a passing over the torch, but he goes from ecstatic, obviously he's won this competition after returning after so many years, to absolutely fucking fuming. And the and the way it was all done, rather than, you know, him them talking about it beforehand, he's actually done it behind his back and basically hustled him, really. He's hustled his feelings rather than like money. Yeah. And all through the film, 
you know, Eddie Felsom was all about making the money, making the money, making the money. And now, actually, by the end of the movie, he, he wanted to win that properly. And he, yeah. he he got the love of Paul back and he's almost gutted that he's got the money and that it happened in the way it did. So mm. I thought that was really good um, sort of twist at the end. I enjoyed that a lot. So he basically in the final uh, forfeits the tournament, doesn't he? Yeah, he um basically he sort of starts playing the match and he just goes, yeah, I forfeit and just walks off, gives the money back, doesn't he? It, you know, <laughs> in front of the whole crowd, yeah. like, it must be like, what's that brown envelope? It's a bit a bit strange, and he walks out of the arena, doesn't he? And he uh, basically tells Tom Cruise that he wants to play him at his best. Yeah. And uh, this this line reminded me very much of another Tom Cruise film, A Few Good Men. Okay, yeah. It reminded me of A Few Good Men because he, he said, you want my game? You can't deal with my game. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> it's a very much you can't handle the truth moment, but said by Tom Cruise rather than Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Um, then and- we get the final line of the film, don't we, where we get, um, he's just about to break off yeah. and um, Paul Newman just says, hey, I'm back. Yeah. And, and, and that's Because what- I'm back. Yeah. And, it, yeah. and that finishes Freeze off frame. the film. Yeah. And, and that's that famous shot. That's the, what I said about the only shot of the movie I know is the very last shot of them two looking down the table and stuff. Yeah. He also says a, a nice line of, um, he, he basically says, if if he doesn't win this game, so he's basically saying, I might not win this game and I probably won't, but I'll win later because he's only just getting back into his flow. So, yeah. Um, and yeah, that's where the line gets fed to him. He's like, why are you so sure? And he's like, because I'm back. Bang. And smashes it. Yeah, um, and that, that that also reminded me of another sports movie, obviously Rocky, where Apollo Creed and Rocky go to fight each other, and we never know what happened in that oh, fight. What a great it just freezes on the punch, like dual punch. Yeah, so it reminded yeah. me of that. You don't know who's going to win, but we don't need to know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, that's the end of the film. Yeah, and I, I, I'll be honest. I think for me, the end um, saved it a bit. You know, yeah, like, I like you, you summed it up when you said, "Oh, it was getting a bit vanilla." It was a bit, you know, not boring, but just I thought, "Oh, this is sort of just plodding at the end." Mm. And so the end surprised me a bit, and just yeah. sort of, you know. So what did you think then, Dan? How would you sort of sum that one up? Uh, yeah, interesting one. Um, I really appreciated uh, a lot of the style and uh, the direction of it. You know, it's easy to say that because it's Scorsese. It's not a very um, unpopular opinion. Um, the story, I feel, is a little bit plodding in areas. Um, it does, though, manage to make Paul interesting uh, for something that, you know, I don't mind playing every now and then with a few pints, but I'm not particularly interested in. Um, so Paul was interesting at certain points. I think Newman is as i said earlier really charismatic and magnetic cruise is the opposite i find him really annoying and hmm. I, I don't hate tom cruise but i i early early doors i did find him a little bit annoying hmm. um and uh, uh carmen was great i think i think she she has was kind of the pin between the two of them hmm. um and she had to play a really good role in that in in regards to playing each other playing both men off each other and and you're not really sure where she stands in a lot of it and who she's screwing um not screwing as in shagging i mean (laughs) screwing over um but it, it didn't overall it didn't it didn't grab me enough i don't think i was interested and i stayed interested throughout it's it's not even close to one of scorsese's classics in my opinion um it i do feel that it fizzled out a little bit um, in in the final third, in the third act, um, and and you're right, it saved it a little bit with that that small twist. But I do do think once they split up, I just kind of lost a bit of interest. Like yeah, there was some you know nice shots and there's the montages and stuff like that, but. I wanted to see them carry that relationship through and it just felt that gap in them seeing each other mm. lost a bit of momentum in the relationship. Yeah. There should have been something else, I think. Again, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I can't <laughs> criticise Scorsese. Um, but yeah, I just felt for me, it, it fizzled out a bit there. Um, but I did appreciate it while watching it. There's not a bit where I thought this is boring. Um, 
it's a t- really tough one to score for me because I appreciated a lot of it, but it didn't it didn't really grab me. So I've given it a six out of ten. Six out of ten seems yeah. fair. Um, so the way I thought about it was the first thing is you remember when we watched um, Ocean's Twelve a few weeks ago and like yep. it proper pulled the pants off me. Yep. So the first big ticket in the box for this film for me is that. Um, I, I, as I was watching, you know, I was never like bored and I was I was pretty interested all the way through. So the first thing I was like, okay, you know, it was a film that kept my attention. So that was that was nice, you know, because obviously Ocean's 12, that probably like messed me up. Like I was, you know, so bored. So that was a really good tick. Second thing is that it was enjoyable watching a film about Paul. And then the third tick I, I, I liked is that it did, like I've mentioned, did something different. It wasn't really about winning. It was about winning as much money as possible. So that was cool. I liked that aspect of it. Um, like you, I, I liked Paul Newman. I thought I thought he was good in it, a bit mumbly, but he was he was a cool character. Um, Carmen, she was awesome. Absolutely right. She was spot on. Tom Cruise, really really annoying. And um, yeah, it was like say every sort of scene he was in, it was sort of like winding up a bit, you know. Yeah. So that sort of like maybe hurt his score. I thought this film was okay. Um, I think the end I liked. Um, it. It wasn't horrendously boring, but it wasn't terribly exciting. Mm. Um, it didn't have any moments where I was like, uh, I, my, you know, my eyebrows raised and I was like, oh, wow. You know, it was just uh, quite ploddy. Um, it was that word. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it was ploddy. Yeah. I think that's a good way to sum it up. So I'd give it um, a five out of ten, uh, right in the middle. You know, uh, mm. I, I've got nothing. I haven't really got much to say about this film because it's it's OK and it's not bad and it's ploddy and it's grey and um, I didn't hate it but I didn't love it and it just lands right mm. in the middle and um, yeah I, I think for me it's quite forgettable to be honest um, yeah. but I'm glad I'm yeah. glad I've watched it though I'm I'm yeah. really glad I've ticked this off because um, you know I, I didn't even know this film existed a few like weeks ago and like it's an early Tom Cruise film it's Paul Newman who I don't think I've hardly seen in many movies and it's a Martin Scorsese movie so it's got some really good aspects I'm glad I've seen it but just very average, I would say. Yeah, I, I think we're on a similar page there, mate. Um, as usual, I mean, we tend to agree on most. I think there's only a mm. few that we've been uh, off the mark on, but I think, uh, yeah, it's it just it feels a little bit, yeah, plodding. I think plod- we both used the word plodding in there, so I think that's what we'll say. Um, we should start giving one-word reviews for these. Like <laughs> pl- it, so plodding. St- yeah, plodding. So we'll agree on that today. <laughs> yeah. The word is plodding. You yeah. know, I-, I think that's good. But uh, usually at this point, we would go off and uh, we'd have a game each, um, which is, by the way, for those that have listened all along, you'll know that uh, we did never plan to do games in this podcast. It's basically we're going to talk about a film each week, um, and then both of us. Um, individually both came in on the first episode and decided to do a game each and then from then it's just become a thing so uh, we changed it up a bit this week haven't we mate we have yeah so um we thought that what we would do instead of a game tonight is we me and dan would list our five um favorite sports movies in order um we'll go from number five and then we'll talk about them and we'll just sort of just you know go through sort of um each movie and tell you why we like it etc and um yeah i thought that would be interesting i mean this is a sports movie i think it's the first one we've done in our, in our podcast and sports movies that's a big old genre because there's a lot of different sports movies yeah. and so when i ask you that question you know na- name your five how did you get on with 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 doing your five was it easy was it hard did you know you sort of a couple or it's one of the hardest lists we've done so far <laughs> mate for me it's, it's hard. so hard because there's so many there's yeah. literally millions and, and what was i counting as a sports movie it's like good, good th- there's a few on my list that i'm like well i could see why someone would say that's a sports movie but mm. i'm telling you it's a sports movie for me um and um, basically i got to a short list and it was very hard to get to even the short list of 12 mm. um i then like eliminated one for a particular reason and then i had 11 and i've still got 11 listed here wow but i've had to then take five out of that but oh. 
every day and this is similar to the arnie one we <laughs> did every day i think that would change and i've chosen them because of the variety in there mm -hmm. um one thing i wanted to ask you is have you included any documentaries um no and that's a good point actually so i was tempted to put in um the film senna um because i because i really like it yeah. um to be honest i've stuck with just um you know theatrical movies yeah. just because i for me sports documentaries like are, are a little bit different but i'm not saying you can't mm. put them in i just didn't in mine i i yeah i've i've got at least one in mine um and I, I won't tell you which ones obviously until we it comes comes down to it yeah. but i i just couldn't not because when it comes to sport or competition mm. um um, these ones really stick in my mind, and I'll tell you why uh, later. Oh, I'm um, intrigued. Yeah, but should we start with uh, your number five, mate? Yeah, um, and one other thing I'll just say before um, before I say mine and yours, etc. I know that some of mine um, are, are not great movies. You know, Same. They, they, these are my favourite um, um, sports films, and it's mostly because I watched them at a certain point in my life, and they stuck with me, and I just have a lot of love for them. So, exactly the yeah, same as me. Mate. Um, yeah. So, I, I, mine really aren't Oscar winning. Uh, there, there are there, there are better there are better sports movies out there. Yeah, but these are our favourites. Yeah, that's yeah. the best way to put it. These yeah. are our favourites. So my number five then. Uh, my number five is um is Eddie the Eagle. Um, <laughs> so Eddie the Eagle, um, a movie from I think it was two thousand and fifteen. Um, I'm just gonna get that up two seconds, mate. Sorry. Sounds about right. Uh, Oh yeah, so Eddie the Eagle, the 2015 film. Um, its two main stars um, are Taron Egerton and, and Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Um, and this film tells the, the true story of um, Eddie the Eagle, um, a, a British skier in the 80s who was who was massively laughed at because he wanted to uh, do the, the, the ski jump event at the Winter Olympics and we never put anyone in for that. Um, it didn't help as well that he looked, uh, I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying, like really goofy and he didn't look like your classic sportsman. And this is a film that's it's just so heartwarming. I'm probably going to use that word a lot as I talk about my films. But um, it really is heartwarming. Basically how this 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 really geeky guy really wants to represent Great Britain and even when he gets to the Olympics like people are so mean to him and the, the papers are mean to him and the, the, the fans are mean to him but the the, the country um, the film um, you know gives us a good uh, idea of how much the country got behind him and mm. saw that and, and really took this guy into their hearts and after watching the movie I looked up Eddie the Eagle and he's still like a beloved British character you know and he, he you know he, he's still quite active on like social media and on, on TV shows he appears in things and so he's just seems like a great guy and the movie i really enjoyed you cannot watch this film without having a big smile on your face by the end um dan do you, have you seen it do you know yes, it yes i have uh, weirdly mate literally just days ago um we started um talks to try and get him on my other podcasts mate that is the coolest <laughs> thing ever he's such a cool yeah. guy and um Oh, that'd be so good if you get it. Did you mm. like it when you? Saw yeah, it? I did. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, and uh, uh, I believe that was um, Dexter Fletcher, wasn't it? Dexter uh, Fletcher was the director who we talked about before. Yeah, it's Bohemian Rhapsody. Obviously, he yeah. sa saved that, um, and um, obviously a, a good Rocket Man, which I think is one of my favourite kind of jukebox musical films mm. uh, in a very long time. Um, again, with Taron Egerton. Yeah, absolutely. So he obviously worked with Eddie and thought you'd be perfect because. Mm. Um, Perfect as Elton John. I did actually say that when I first saw Eddie the Eagle. I thought I said I watched it with Shah. She loved it as well. You know, that's that gives you the sort of measure of it. It's a really good movie for the whole family. Yeah. And um, I mean it's about skiing. I don't know nothing about skiing. Shah doesn't know nothing about skiing, but we, you know, we loved it. Um as we're watching it, we said, God, don't look like Elton John. And it turns out they cast him in Elton John, you know, yeah. a few years later. So my number five is Eddie the Eagle. Excellent. Okay. My first one, uh, in at number five, 
is a documentary. Mm. <laughs> so this is uh, uh, straight away, slightly different. Um, and it's from 1965, and it's called The Endless Summer. Oh, wow. No, I haven't heard of it. No. Okay. Well, basically, anyone who uh, has ever had anything to do with surfing would have probably heard of this. It's a bit of a classic. Um, now, I had this on endless rotation. Me and my brother and my dad used to watch it, all surfers back in the day. Uh, mostly retired now, I only do mm. it occasionally. Um, and uh, it's basically a surfing doc about two young surfers going around the world in search for the perfect wave. Oh, amazing. So they're going to beaches all around the world looking for the perfect break, the perfect shape, size, everything. Um, and it's it's really, for a documentary that was made so long ago, uh, 1965, um, it's really like kind of um acerbic and it's quite witty the the narrator is you know, taking the piss out of people here and there and um but it's just great seeing these blokes just get just traveling the world and it's the the film that inspired me at a very young age to want to go out traveling um so uh it's the first thing that made me think there's a world out there that i want to go and see and at the time i was thinking of that as a surfer i want to go out and surf the world um but then it turned on later that i just want to go around the world <laughs> traveling so it inspired me at an early age not just to keep up surfing but also to go traveling um really worth a watch even if you don't like and i think this with most sports documentaries really worth a watch even if you're not a surfer or you're not interested in surfing because it's just fascinating seeing the difference and the dedication these guys put in and the risk to their lives they put in um it's actually um the full film is on youtube for free um i, I spotted it earlier when I was, I was having a look so worth a look it's called the endless summer from 1965 the endless summer yeah. as soon as you said the title uh you know it really quickly in my head i imagined like a sunset at a beach and i thought i thought yeah. i wonder what this is about and so the title sounds perfect for, for the movie that's literally the poster for the for, and, and the front cover of the yeah. video i had yeah, yeah. That, that's the first thing i thought before you said the word surfing or anything yeah. um that does sound really good and i think um as you alluded to the mark of a good documentary is taking a subject you you might not know anything about and yeah. gripping you now obviously you know you were into surfing but i'm sure if i if i watched that not knowing anything about surfing i would be um you know gripped oh wow yeah it, that's literally that's crazy you know how, i've just shown george the uh, yeah. the, the poster for endless summer it's how exactly it what he described yeah it, it, it's, it's spot on so great number five mate and um, like you say free on youtube that definitely worth yeah. checking out for yeah 100 sure. check it out everyone awesome what's your um, number four mate so number four for me um is uh a, a movie actually that came out i think it was 2019 so it's pretty um pretty recent saw it at the cinema and, and really enjoyed it um i remember coming out again with a massive smile on my face um based on a true story like eddie the eagle so my number four is um fighting with my family oh, um, yes. so um i went into this film and I, i'd heard the reviews were okay but i didn't think i'd like it this much um the fighting with my family i'm sure you've seen it dan yeah um this is uh, the story of um page a wwe wrestler who's from the uk she's from norwich and she basically um joins the wwe goes through their training program and becomes the biggest wwe woman superstar you know maybe that's ever been um i gotta be honest she she came she, i used to love wrestling i you know you used to love wrestling i mean dan's sitting there right now with a royal rumble top on you know so <laughs> recently me and dan have been talking about wrestling quite a lot it's really weird my basically my son has <laughs> has relit a, a fire and probably me and george actually because <laughs> yeah. uh, my son's really got into wwe recently and we uh, therefore you know i've been buying him toys it's been his birthday recently he's got all the all the gear now and me and george have been talking about wrestling quite a bit and we've watched a few videos while we're yeah. out on walks and we started playing a wwe <laughs> game that i bought for my son the other day in front of my son while he's just 
just sitting there watching us. <laughs> We're playing you know, Hell in a Cell, weren't we? Yeah. It was brilliant, did so, all the finishes and that. So yeah, it's been a bit of a, a, bit of a rekindling of, of a love for old school wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't know whether that sort of like came into my thinking, maybe subconsciously as I'm, as I'm picking my top five. Um, but this is a film I, I, I really like. Um, I didn't know her story in the WWE because I, I stopped watching, you know, a long time before Paige came into it. But she's got a really interesting story. You know, she it, it was really tough for her to get into the WWE. Um, this film was directed by Stephen Merchant, um, uh, you know, famous for, for being Ricky Gervais's friend who, you know, created The Office with him. He's a funny guy. He's actually in the movie. He's really funny in it. And it's, um, again, it's a really heartwarming film. It's got, um, you know, t- t- some funny moments and some sort of tender moments. Um, Florence Pugh, who plays the main character, she's absolutely brilliant in it. And um, it's got a good cameo with The Rock. Vince Vaughn plays a good part. And again, I just love to see a true story. This is, a, you know, based on a true story. I love to see... Uh, the rise of a girl from Norwich to become the biggest WWE superstar. Like yeah. that's just such a cool story. You know, she didn't come from California. She wasn't, you know, a tanned girl on the beach. She was, um, you know, you know, a, a girl from a, a sort of a working class family from Norwich. You know, and I, and in it. Nick Frost plays her dad. Yeah. He's a massive wrestling fan, and like he puts in a great performance. Like he's, he's so passionate about wrestling, and I just loved it. I love that whole family dynamic. And so my number four is um fighting with my family. I really enjoyed fighting uh, with my family as well. And I've got to say, Florence Pugh in that it's I didn't uh, immediately because that was one of her first roles that I saw her in. Mm. I didn't immediately then connect that with Midsommar. Um, and now she's obviously in like Black Widow and stuff like that. She's yeah. in the MCU. So she's Little Women as well. Yeah, she, yeah, great to see. Great to see her killing it at the moment. Because uh, yeah. I'm a massive fan. Ever since I saw her in Midsummer, I'm like, wow, this girl's this girl's got something. And we talked about mark, it on the podcast, didn't we? If someone plays one part, plays another, you don't even realise it's the same person. Yeah. You're like, wow, that person can act. So I think she's going to go on to be massive. Random, but she's great on Instagram as well. She gets uh, she? she drinks wine and cooks. And, uh, <laughs> Amazing. She's fascinating. Yeah. So uh, I recommend giving her a follow on Instagram. Awesome. Uh, that sounds cool. So that's my number four, mate. Um, what would your number four be then? What's your four favourite uh, sporting movie? Well, unfortunately, my next sporting movie is also a documentary uh, last one i promise um but it's from 1977 and it's pumping iron oh so i have heard of this one um i've never seen it i know it's uh it's a muscle-bound um documentary so what's it about then dan what's it it's, it's basically following mostly arnold schwarzenegger as um he he basically is trying to become the best in the universe uh mr olympia mr mr universe and it basically follows him through his daily routine of building up the best body in the world um and then up against uh louis ferengo who is basically um his his absolute rival at the time um so obviously now better known for being uh, the incredible hulk in the series oh, uh, that was amazing. his massive rival they're really good friends now and, yeah. and i think they were friends at the time but yeah it's a great look into kind of mind games as well we talked about mind games earlier in in the color of money mm. um but arnold schwarzenegger was the ultimate mind manipulator shall i say at the time he he got in louis head quite quite a lot and and it's the it's this is one of the most quotable documentaries ever so me and my friends all used to be obsessed with it when we were younger we used to get drunk and watch it um uh, but you know it's it's like coming to me every time i'm in the gym it's better than sex it's like coming to me uh, all that kind of stuff um it, it's it's just brilliant um and there's horrible 70s twangy guitar music um it's it's 
just great like and it's <laughs> homoerotic in places <laughs> like these men just getting oiled up together and, and pumping iron um uh, but it's it's just really fascinating watching for example someone who who become an absolute massive movie star afterwards um obviously became a politician uh, but you can see the seeds of him being a brilliant mind in this he's mm. not just a muscle muscle bound idiot this guy's got a great mind he knows how to get into people's head and play games with people yeah um so yeah really fascinating um and just funny as well it's, oh it's great i definitely have to check it out i mean i, I read his book um, total recall i'm sure you've read that yeah. too and i was amazed at how um how hard working and how much arnold schwarzenegger did before coming a movie star like he is so hard working he deserves everything he's got mm. and i think you know this movie from what you've said you know will just add to that you'll see like you know a young arnold schwarzenegger how he carved out this huge career yeah. from his hard work and dedication and things yeah so. you can see it there the seeds are there so yeah definitely recommend that that's pumping iron from 1977 awesome um so yeah i i'll definitely have to check that out being a massive arnie fan you know i, I really should should watch that mm. um so my number three then mate um is a movie from 2000 2001 um this is a british movie uh full of british talent um it's can a I remake it? you can guess it so what do you reckon my number three is the longest yard oh is it not it, no it is it's the oh. one it's the, it's the film that's based on the longest oh, yard right. a mean machine mean machine Sorry, that's yeah. the one yeah I, me- so, I meant that i meant that that's it so basically um, a massive ripoff as, as dad mentioned of uh, the longest yard that was an american movie which um deals with um a people in prison and they have an american Burt Reynolds, football match. Right, originally? yes yeah. i believe it was um they have a, a, a match against the guards this is the exact same movie the only difference is it's set in england or britain and instead of it being american football it's uh, British soccer soccer yeah that's, that's it and um, like I say loads of British talent in this film so you've got Vinnie Jones playing the lead he plays, plays Danny Meehan who's the, the England captain who goes to prison for um, betting uh, illegal betting basically and his, he basically starts prison life and they hate him because um, they say to him you had everything mate you were the England captain you had all the cars the women blah 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 blah, and uh, you threw it all away um, in prison there's some funny characters you've got the monk played by um, Jason Statham who's this absolutely crazy uh, goalkeeper who's you know in prison for many murders and he's just hilariously funny you've got a young Danny Dyer in this film who's a guy who can't kick a ball who ends up um, you know becoming a bit of a hero and um, I mean it's very silly it's got half the cast of snatch and lockstock in it um i think everyone's playing it in the way they know that this is just such a stupid film but it's um it's just really fun and the the, the final football match is, is shot so well like i think football is quite a hard thing to put on film and they, they do a really good job and they they splice it with some amazing music as well at the end and just when the last couple of goals go in and it all sort of comes like you know it, the end it's like a crescendo and you've got the music and the goal goes in and it all happens and it's it's just a really really good ending so my number uh, three is Mean Machine what's your thought on Mean Machine Dan? <laughs> um, I haven't seen it since it came out I remember liking it I haven't yeah. seen it since it came out I remember a few bits I do remember vividly uh, Jason Statham in it because at the time everyone was going this guy's this guy's amazing yeah. they'd seen him in like you know you lock stock and no, well, snatch or whatever yep. at the time um, and and the fact it was all a bit weird because it was a remake of another American film and then four years later it was it was made we, again yeah. the, the longest shot of Adam Sandler um, and Burt Reynolds again I think um, so yeah it's all a bit yeah it all gets caught up in that so I, I'm going to have to revisit it because you seem to love it so uh, yeah. yeah it's on my list just, just a lot of fun and um, yeah absolutely stupid but uh, a lot of stupid fun so um yeah that's my number three so what about you mate what would you have as number three my number three is a 1999 film uh and it is any given sunday oh uh, again i've heard of this 
But um, it's not one I've seen. So any given Sunday, what's the, yeah. what's this one about? Uh, it's an American football movie, um, and uh, it's uh, starring uh, Al Pacino. He's he's like the the coach. It, I'm not going to go into it. There's a lot of threads in this film, uh, but basically, there's a great cast. Um, I think it's quite underrated. I think a lot of people don't like it, um, but the film itself is brilliant. I think it's well shot. Um, I think Al Pacino is particularly good in it. Um, but the one thing that I think makes it absolutely imperative that you watch it is for a particular moment. And that moment is a speech. And there's a, a speech, and I'll probably um, put a bit of that into the podcast mm. now. Um, but that speech is something that I used to listen to uh, before playing rugby um, because it's, it's basically, it's called, I call it the, the Game of Inches. I'm sure it's got a, a, an, another, another name, but Al Pacino's Game of Inches speech is... Um, is just ridiculous and it just gets me pumped up every time i hear it do you know what george i think actually what i do is actually play it to you now i don't know what to say really three minutes to the biggest battle of our professional lives all comes down to today either we heal as a team or we're gonna crumble inch by inch, play by play, till we're finished. We're in hell right now, gentlemen. Believe me. And we can stay here, get the shit kicked out of us, or we can fight our way back into the light. We can climb out of hell. One inch at a time. Now, I can't do it for you. I'm too old. I look around, I see these young faces, and I think, I mean, I made every wrong choice a middle-aged man can make. I, uh, I pissed away all my money, believe it or not. I chased off anyone who's ever loved me. And lately, I can't even stand the face I see in a mirror. You know, when you get old in life, things get taken from you. I mean, that's, that's, that's part of life. But you only learn that when you start losing stuff. You find out life's this game of inches. So is football. Because in either game, Life or football, the margin for error is so small. I mean, one half a step too late or too early, and you don't quite make it. One half second too slow, too fast, you don't quite catch it. The inches we need are everywhere around us. Hell yeah. They're in every break of the game, every minute, every second. On this team, we fight for that itch. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that itch. We claw with our fingernails for that itch. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's gonna make the fucking difference between winning and losing. Any fight, it's the guy who's willing to die 
who's gonna win that itch. And I know if I'm gonna have any life anymore, it's because I'm still willing to fight and die for that itch. Because that's what living is. The six inches in front of your face. Now, I can't make you do it. You got to look at the guy next to you. Look into his eyes. Now, I think you're going to see a guy who will go that inch with you. You're going to see a guy who will sacrifice himself for this team because he knows when it comes down to it, you're going to do the same for him. That's a team, gentlemen. And either we heal now as a team or we will die as individuals that's football guys that's all it is now what are you gonna do imagine when a lot starts <laughs> mate amazing like he, that was Pacino giving it his all wasn't it and yeah, um so well shot. How, how could you not you know be stirred by that like, it's like you know, this is what i mean like the film on its own is is great like i really enjoy the film but it's that that speech particularly is what puts it levels above other films and yeah. like so many people refer to that speech and i used it used to get me massively psyched up for games i wasn't psyched up for uh talking about those six inches in front of your face <laughs> and uh you know crawling with your fingernails and you know everyone around you and uh, it, yeah it just it really gets you going and um just the crescendos that speech re he starts off really quietly mm. talk talking calmly they haven't got much time between this and going into the last quarter of this game and um he's just talking to him nice and calmly with some pathos talking about how he you know he's fucked up his life he's pissed away all his money um and then talks he's talking about failure basically and that's what they could you know they probably got to look forward to in their lives you're probably going to end up like me so Think about now. Think about the six inches in front of your face and what you can do today to win. Um, and he, he, there's there's like three crescendos in it where he builds it, builds it up, builds it up, and then goes quiet again. Builds it up, builds it up, and goes quiet again. And he finishes it with a question. You know, so what are you going to do? Yeah. And I just love that, and it just gets me going every time. Just listen to it. Then I, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up, and I love it. So if you haven't seen any given Sunday, go out and watch it. If you haven't seen it before and you didn't like it, you're wrong and go and watch it again. <laughs> yeah, that's the homework for anyone. I, I need to watch it. I mean, that like I say, watching that speech. Yeah, it, um, if the rest of the film is in that vein, I think I'll very much enjoy it. You mm. know, it does seem really, really good. And like I said, I looked at the cast, I'm thinking, wow, it's got some. Oh, it's know, incredible. Yeah, really good people so in. Good. So that sounds like a really good one. So I think a great pick for number three, Dan. Okay, mate. Well, that moves us on to. Uh... Your number two, doesn't it? So yeah, top two. Um, this one, um, I, I'm happy with my number one, but like I say, this one, like you know, obviously being two, it was was really close, you know. And um, this is probably the as soon as I started thinking favorite sports films, thought this film probably first. You know what I mean? And then I sort of started making so it's my number stuff, two. You know, I really like my number two so much. So my number two is Coach Carter. Oh nice. Um, so um, Coach Carter, a movie from I think it was 2005. Um, stars Samuel Jackson. Um, when I was a kid, this was a really really popular film. Um, this came out just as I was like leaving school and you know we, we, me and all my mates sort of watched it and um, I liked it straight away um, Samuel Jackson plays um, Coach Carter basically he's a guy who runs a sports shop around the corner and he basically gets the job of coaching the local basketball team at this rundown school and um, basically we see 
we see this team's really, really good at basketball. But the thing that makes Coach Carter different, and again, this is based on a true story, is he demanded that all of his um, players uh, got good grades to be able to play in the basketball team. And um, at first, they sort of laugh it off and they think, oh, nah, you know, we're just going to play basketball. We're not going to do well in school. We're going to, you know, do what we want after school, selling drugs and getting gang fights and all this sort of stuff. But he means it. And halfway through the movie, basically, he uh, shuts the gym, locks the gym, um, he says the basketball team cannot play, which is you know unheard of in America, and that gets like national press attention. And um, basically, he creates an absolute shitstorm. Um, but it's because he like sticks to his morals. And um, yeah, basically, again, I use that word again, you know, that heartwarming uh, that word. But it's a film that. It, like it's so nice to see a guy who who stuck to his morals and stuck to his guns and in front of all that pressure he was like sport is important but it's more important to go out and work hard in school and get some good grades and try and make the best of your life so I think it's got a really really good message mm. um, Samuel Jackson's obviously awesome in pretty much everything he's in and in this he's just you know a proper bull busting bastard but he's he's quality and um, it's got some you know great basketball scenes in and things and uh, basketball's not a sport I know much about but when it's shot in a good way like this it's, it's really really fun to watch you know and it's it's um it, it's really cool. So yeah, Coach Carter, you do you like it? Do you yeah, know love it? love it's, love Coach Carter. It's good, isn't it? Um, and it's not on my five, but it is on my shortlist. Oh, awesome! That's yeah. cool. It's on your shortlist. Yeah. We did say that. I'd be surprised if we had any overlaps on our in our um yeah in our top fives and that's because there is so many sporting movies and there's such a breadth of of, of different types and genres and you yeah. know different ways it could have go. So I, I I like it that you know we're sort of so different. Mm. Um, and like I say. Uh, like you, mate, I, I had to wrap my brains for ages to try and get a top five because there was tons of films coming in and out of my head. But yeah. my number two is, is Coach Carter. Yeah, well, I'm glad we did this because uh, when I was thinking of my favourite sports movie, Coach Carter was on my shortlist. But I was, the reason it didn't make my top five is because I haven't seen it for so long. I couldn't remember, you know, exactly how, whether I would still love it now. And it's mm. made me think I need to go back and watch it. So mm. that's why it didn't make my top five. Um, so my number two originally, I was thinking both of them might be a little bit controversial. Um, okay, interesting. Um, but now I don't think my two, number two is going to be controversial because of one of your picks. <laughs> uh, my number two is The Wrestler from 2009. Oh, um, that's it, a great film. <laughs> yeah. So this is obviously Mickey Rourke. It's kind of a, it was a glorious return for Mickey Rourke, who obviously back in the 80s and early 90s, I think, was a bit of a heartthrob. He was a very good looking guy with an, an amazing career. And um, it never really carried on. And he kind of dropped off the map in the 2000s. Um, and uh, came back looking completely different, a bit shockingly so. Kind of, he he went on on a boxing career, and um, um, unfortunately his face took a bit of damage. Um, so not being rude about the bloke, but he he came back not looking like the heartthrob that he was, and his Hollywood career was obviously not heading in the same direction anymore. I'm just getting some old pictures of him up just to see what he looked like back in the day. Oh, have you never like, seen him? No, not really. I mean, oh. I, I know him from this and Sin City and stuff, but you're right, he was he was a good looking bloke. He was a, he was a very handsome bloke for sure. I, I would. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but this is basically his a glorious return. It obviously ends up being in in uh, Iron Man and stuff like that, and kind of had a. I think he's gone off the map a bit now as well. He's gone. He's, he's kind of gone back into that niche of shit movies that kind of Nick Cage goes into as well. <laughs> um, which is a shame because I think in this he's fucking incredible, and I think 
his career trajectory not in only acting but also in also boxing kind of play just made him perfect for this because it kind of mirrored a bit of his life as well um obviously he plays a wrestler a professional wrestler in the sports entertainment industry which despite the fact that people call it fake and whatnot but it is it's it's scripted but that does not mean it's not brutal on the body because wrestling is absolutely brutal um and and he is at the twilight of his career um getting old and fragile um but still going out there playing sports halls and stuff like that and um going from quite a a big star in wrestling to being in sports halls it's very much like what his his acting career went went down and also boxing never quite made it to the to the heights um so it's 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 bittersweet um i think uh marissa tomai is amazing in it again another mcu person plays uh peter parker's uh, aunt may now um I think uh, the whole film is just sets an amazing tone. It's really sad. Um, it's really well shot, directed, acted. It's brutal. Um, it it speaks of sport being ruthless and aging being ruthless, and it's and it's told through sports entertainment rather than sport. And again, it it finishes on a freeze frame, I believe, of him jumping off the top rope. Uh, very similar to today's movie. After he's been told, like you can't do this anymore, mate. Yeah. Like he he gets told constantly throughout the film, you you yeah. you will die if you carry on doing yeah. this. And for one reason or another, he has to carry on, doesn't he? And yeah. like, yeah, what a great end. It's yeah. just like it's well sad. And film. he's not doing it like he's doing it for money, but he, that's not the reason he he does wrestling. He could do other things for money. Um, and um, it's really sad. Like he's he's obviously broken. He's losing his hearing as well, which doesn't help in the ring um he makes load of mistakes he's got a, a terrible relationship with his family yeah. um like he wants to get, get his daughter's like a relationship going again doesn't he yeah. with his daughter and it's just it's really yeah. sad like it's it is really sad but it's one of those it, i think it's a little bit bittersweet and i i just really love it i think it's uh amazing and i think getting forgot about a little bit i think uh, at the time everyone was raving about it um so if you haven't seen that go and check it out it's 2009 the wrestler yeah it's, that's a brilliant choice and again it shines a light on what it's like for not your wwe superstars but your your wrestlers who you know the 99 percent that don't make yeah, it. yeah you know it's a hard life and um i told you about the um dark side of the ring series of documentaries so i think they're on season two's just starting now actually or has has already started um show you what happens on you know the, the the dark side of the ring so it does tell you about big stars going you know murderous and or suicidal and stuff like that but it also tells you where these stars um i mean jake the snake roberts is a perfect example of somebody who was at the top of the game back in the 80s and 90s like literally a superstar and then at the end of his career ends up being a drug addled alcoholic overweight unfit unhealthy can't hardly walk has a terrible I, I mean basically the wrestler could be based on jake the snake roberts and mm. i can't remember whether it is actually there must be something there because he's got a terrible relationship with his family um he speaks very much like uh, mickey mm-hmm. rock does and um i just think it, it speaks to something in not just wrestling but sport as well you look at um other uh, sports stars they'll be massive you, you, you gaza is a good example yeah uh, someone is at the absolute top and just if you know you're not no longer hitting those heights what happens like mentally what happens physically what happens yeah um so yeah just a great watch and i won't talk about it all night but go out there and check it out if you haven't already
Yeah, excellent choice, Dan. Excellent choice. That was your number two. Mm -hmm. um, so we've got to the number one spot. Um, my number one spot, like I say, Coach Carter, I really, really like. But this film, I just like better. Um, this film, uh, my number one, is a film that I watched when I was a kid. Liked it straight away. Probably watch this film every couple of years because it's one of my favourite films. And also, when I say like to people it's one of my favourite films, they sort of laugh. They're like, really? And I'm like, yeah, it's a really good movie. I really like it. And my number one is Bend It Like Beckham. Um, <laughs> You've mentioned it a few times on yeah, the podcast, actually. Um, I, I just think it's a really, really good film. So basically this is what i like about it is it's got a few different threads so basically it's about a girl who's trying to get into football um so that as a first like thread is interesting because this film came out in 2002 so we're talking like nearly 20 years women's football was a lot different then you know women had to go to like america to make it as a footballer and even then it was quite small all germany so we didn't really have women's football here not massively anyway so the first thing is it's about a girl trying to get into football so that's quite interesting second thing is uh on top of that is that the girl um is of, is of like indian heritage you know um and so th there's um you know we see her family it's a very indian family and the last thing they want is their daughter playing football you know she should be in the kitchen cooking curries because that's what they wanted to do that and you know and, and so in saris and stuff you know hopefully i get those 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 terms right but that's what they want of her and um you know slowly throughout the film she's trying to convince her family that there's more to life than, than just growing up as a girl, an indian girl just cooking and and, and and making cloves and things you know she wants to play football and she, most of the film she has to do it in secret um the second thing is well is you've got a young Kira Knightley in this film, you know, probably the first time I ever saw Kira Knightley. And um, her parents are happy for her to play football, but they're convinced that she's a lesbian um, because she plays football. And again, I just think that's interesting that, you know, a, a girl playing football, people automatically think, oh, she must be a lesbian. She can't be like, you know, a, a normal straight woman, um, which obviously isn't the case. And so you've got all this stuff going on. And um, but the, the film is, is a lighthearted film. Um, it, you know, it, it's, it's funny and it's very British, you know, tons of Brit really great British talent in it and i just think again it's just it's just a film where i watch it and i just enjoy like all the beats and i just think it, it just it really makes me smile and i just enjoy watching the film from start to finish there's nothing i don't like about that film and so my number one is bend it like beckham um it's not like you know a film which has huge stadiums and and and, and massive moments and things it's all very sort of like small and and homespun and um yeah I, I really like it that's a proper good british movie yeah it yeah. is it's very british you know and like i mean britain is a real multicultural place you know which is brilliant and it's just great to see an indian girl in the lead and an indian family like front and center and just you know, I, I bet it still goes on like this because it, I just think it's interesting to see a clash of cultures and, you know, mm. the football backdrop and stuff. I love it. Mm. it there's there's elements of Blinded by the Lights. Yeah. It, there's, there's elements of that. I'm sure it's an influence on it, but it, it's Definitely. just brilliant. Yeah, a, a really good British film. Um, uh, so, yeah, def definitely worth uh, looking out for if you haven't already. I'm sure most British people have seen it at some point. Yeah, and I mean, uh, what, <laughs> what I love as well is I think a lot of people sort of when it came out thought David Beckham was going to appear in it somehow. And at the end, there was a guy in the back of his head, he looks very much like David Beckham and when I was younger I thought oh maybe it is and it turns out it's definitely not David Beckham at all yeah. um, but cool that he lent his well I don't know if they had to pay for that but like cool that his name's in the title yeah um, they're it, leeching off the, the, the Beckham brand it reminds me of the Superman moment in cause, uh, Shazam have you seen Shazam? Um, half I fell asleep uh, not because yeah. it was bad but I was tired yeah I mean, I mean it's not great <laughs> it's fine it's fine yeah. but there's a moment where Superman turns up and you're wondering oh is that going to be Henry Cavill and um, you don't see his face it's just oh, his body right. so it's his 
suit, but not his, his face. So <laughs> um, uh, frustrating. Uh, so what's your number one then, mate? So what's your favourite sporting movie? I'm intrigued. Well, my favourite sporting movie, and like I said, it may be controversial to some people. You might not consider this a sporting movie. Mm. Um, but it's from 1991. And like very much like you, I've seen this so many times. It's one of my favourite films. Um, and it's Point Break. Oh, so uh, I just got to say, I, I, this did cross my mind, and um, this is a, this is a brilliant film. So go for it, Point Break. Okay, yeah. So obviously, it's a bit of a stealth sports movie. It's it's the the idea. It's it's a bit of more of a kind of not really a buddy cop, but a kind of uh, relationship between these two guys. Again, a lot of homoeroticism in this one, I think, <laughs> um, which is you know not a bad thing. Um, but it's it, this is more about the lifestyle of extreme sportsmen and women. Um, so it's not the kind of t- tournament template that a lot of sports movies hold. Although it's it, it's very far fetched um, and and ridiculous at points. But that's what I love about it. I, it is a classic. You've got surfing, um, which is I think the probably the the main sport in, in it. As well as skydiving, <laughs> yeah, um, and also long distance running through uh, people's houses and gardens <laughs> and shooting in the air, <laughs> screaming. Um, but I just love it. I think it's it's over the top in the right ways. It's it's subtle in other ways. I think it's very well directed. I think it's Keanu Reeves at pure star power. Um, it's Patrick Swayze at his best, um, and. Um, I just think it's great. I think Johnny Utah is the best name of any character of all time. I think that's come up on our podcast before. Yeah. Um, I, I just really like it. And I hated the remake. I even might have mentioned this on the podcast before that I actually went on a bus tour in Australia to visit the beach at the end of the movie. Um, only to be told after we got dropped off and got back on the bus that that's not actually where Bell's oh, Beach is. Uh, it was yeah. filmed in America, but it was based on Bell's Beach in Torquay, weirdly. Wow. Uh, which is where I'm from. But it's a Torquay in Australia, Bell's Beach, um, and uh, yeah, I just—it's just a great movie. Um, the, the bank heist—they even do competitive bank heisting, um, all of that stuff. That it's. Uh, it's iconic, this movie, and that's why it had to be top of my list. Oh, it's, it's a great pick for number one. I love Patrick Swayze in that film. He's so likable and just, you know, yeah. for a baddie, you just want to be his best mate. Like, it's great. And that's a really good point about the film as well. Um, You know, the baddie and, and, and the goodie, like, you know, do come like really good mates. And mm. I think that's just a really interesting aspect. And the surfing's like awesome, you know. to What a great idea for a movie, you know, to add all that to, like, to add, like, two friends. Well, enemies who become friends with bank robbery and then putting surfing in the mix like yeah. what a great idea yeah it, it's really good and i like the the back and forth between them all um and like that swayze and they just have chemistry swayze and uh and keanu reeves they just they, they just work together on screen and that's what something that was missing from from the sequel um sequel sorry the remake which was a bag of shite <laughs> and um yeah i just think it's really good Catherine bigelow obviously and then took a little break for a while and then decided to come back for a for an Oscar and the Hurt Locker. Um, and uh, yeah, First Women wants you to win, I think, an Oscar yeah, for, for, yeah. for Best Director. So fair play. Yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, it's it's absolutely great. Uh, obviously, I think I might be a bit uh, biased because, again, it's surfing. Um, so at the time, I was well into uh, to, to surfing. Um, but it's, it, yeah, it's it, it, I just can't beat it. Oh, it's awesome. one of my one of my favorite films. Well, I think that is a great top ten. Like, just a yeah. really small recap. So, your number um, five was. Should we do? Should we do them in? So I'll do mine, then you do yours. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, my number five was Endless Summer from 1966. Number four was Pumping Iron from 1977. So that's two documentaries. Number three, Any Given Sunday from 1999. Uh, number two, The Wrestler from 2009. And then number one, 
the classic point point break from 1991 wow what a great mix and my top five number five was eddie the eagle my number four was fighting with my family um my number three was uh mean machine my number two was coach carter and my number one was bend it like beckham so there's 10 movies there um you know we've got everything mate we've got pumping iron we've got skiing we've got um football uh in prison and then we've got football you know uh with an indian girl playing and her family sort of aren't liking it we've got surfing and bank robberies we've got uh actual surfing i mean I, what a list i noticed that four of yours are comedy uh, comedies <laughs> And and like four of mine are quite no no three of mine are a bit more po face you know like any given Sunday in the wrestler <laughs> uh, it's interesting right it is interesting and again the beauty of films is that you know everyone's got their own opinions things they like things they don't like and stuff that hits them in a certain way and so that's the beauty so I knew ours were going to be well different I'm surprised you didn't have a Rocky movie in yours just because um, I, we spoke uh, about it the yeah. other day and I was like I literally could make a top five sports movies with just Rockies <laughs> but I think it's a little bit too on the nose and and. and and I think this, there's no point us talking more. We've talked Rocky films mm. quite a lot in the past, so we don't need to. And, I, and like I said, my top five right now are five of five of my favourite um, sports movies. They're not necessarily the five of my favourite sports <laughs> movies. They're just the five that I chose yeah. at this point. Because I, I, I don't know about you, but I came up with I, I've brought my list of runners up. Being a sports uh, list, I thought it's only right that we do some runners up. Have you got any? I haven't got any runners up, no, but there's, there's a few I could mention. Who have some you've got? So, uh, Coach Carter was on there. Amazing, yeah. Um, so it was good. Uh, Raging Bull, uh, which is absolutely stunning. Yeah, uh, very but, good film. Uh, Senna, which you mentioned earlier. Very good. Yeah, so again, that was, I didn't want to put another documentary in there. And that is that is the perfect example of me not being interesting in the sport, but the documentary just being absolutely stunning. Um, then Invictus. Oh, the Matt Damon film. Matt, that is a good Matt film. Damon and you're obviously a big rugby fan. Yeah. Uh, and then Whip It. Have you ever seen that? No, never seen Whip It. It's about uh, roller derby. Uh, so obviously now known as Elliot Page, um, then Ellen Page. Yeah. Uh, basically plays a roller derby uh, player. I can't remember much of it, but I remember absolutely loving it. Um, so well worth uh, visiting that. Warrior, MMA, another of my favourite sports. Tom, Tom Hardy, that was yeah. in mine. Um, one I had was The Fighter with um, yes. Christian Bale, which was a really, really good one. Um, I, another thing that I really loved, it's not a film, it is a documentary. It is in 10 parts, but I absolutely loved it. I've mentioned it before. It's The Last Dance. Um, oh, yeah. I know it's not a film, but what uh, an amazing um, you know, piece of film and documentary that was. That was so yeah, good. Incredible. There's actually one, talking of wrestling again, um, there's The Last Ride, I think it's called, um, which is about Undertaker. The I told Undertaker you about one. It. I need to see that. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a series of, uh, I think it's two or three parts. So I've only watched the first part. Um, and it's just like the the build up to his like final matches, and there's a couple of false starts that you think it's going to be his final match, and he changes his mind. But basically, he's at the point in his career when he's only fighting once a or wrestling once a year, um, and it's just fascinating seeing that career of this guy and the streak at WrestleMania and stuff like that. And the fact that we've been out, I haven't watched wrestling for like twenty years. I think I stopped watching wrestling in two thousand one, two thousand two. Um, so there's a lot of his career that I didn't have anything about, and he was my favorite wrestler back in the day. Um, so it's me catching up with one of my heroes from when I was younger and seeing him aged and struggling to stand up after wrestling and he had basically he's he's in hospital for a few days after each match and it takes him three weeks to get over it and it's just it's just full of like uh obviously pride in what he's done and stuff like that but also like the 
uh, the, the sadness that it's at the end of an era of this guy mm. that's just been an icon of the industry. So uh, I think I like in my sports movies a bit of sadness and a bit of melancholy yeah. uh, by the sounds of it. Um, but that's well worth it. It, could, it wouldn't make my uh, my top 10 probably, but it's it's something that I've watched recently and, and, and really recommend. Clever name as well, like one of his main moves, yeah. The Last Ride. Like, you know, yeah. like, that's good. And my final... Uh, uh, my final uh, runner-up would be another surfing-related one, uh, which is called uh, Big Wednesday. Um, it's actually got um, uh, one of the main actors from Point Break in it. Um, and, uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. Uh, so uh, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that one for people that don't like surfing, though, which is why, again, it didn't make my top five. Um, one I thought you might put in, I, I, just, I don't know why I had a feeling you might put this film in, because I think it's a film you... Mate, I thought you were going to put that um Dogtown and Z Boys in there. Oh, because, geez, like, yeah, yeah, because um, that's a good documentary. About, like good, when you yeah. said documentaries, I thought, ah, oh, maybe that's one Dan you know might put in. Um, that could have been one of them, but no, not yeah. quite. But I think a great list, great runners up, and of course, so many sporting films. And like I say, it was hard to pick them, wasn't it? But yeah. um, yeah, enjoy talking about that, mate. That was good. Like I say, it was good to have like a sporty episode. Yeah, good stuff. I like it when we mix it up a bit. Yeah. So now we've done that, there's only one thing left to do, and it's to find out what film we're going to be talking about next. Yeah, indeed, mate. So what do you think I might have done? Um, so straight off the bat, I thought, what would I have done? And I thought, <laughs> I would have gone with Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. So my, <laughs> I've, if I, as a guess, did you pick the actress who played Carmen in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves? No, it did. It fleetingly crossed my mind, <laughs> but no. I think that was more of a want rather than a thing. Yeah. I, just, I just really like that I'm film. not sure that's on streaming either. I think I checked. Good. I think I checked. Shout. Yeah. So, um, so where would you go? Hmm. Um, again, there's not loads of people in this film. So um, I'm going to say you probably didn't go with that Paul Newman guy because... I don't know if his stuff will be on streaming. It'd be nice to go back maybe and see an old film, but I, I don't know if it would have been easily available. Oh, as another guest, I'll say Tom Cruise then. No, not Tom Cruise. No. I think we've had enough of him. <laughs> I, I couldn't know actually. He was our connection. Good point, actually, yeah. So so it wasn't Paul Newman, or was it? It wasn't Paul Newman. Uh, and it wasn't uh, the, the, the lady who played Carmen. So um, who is it then, Dan? Who have you picked? So uh, it's a guy with uh, one... One scene in this movie. Uh, Iggy Pop? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, nearly did, uh, but it wasn't. Um, uh, no, he's he has quite an impactful uh, part in the movie, actually, because he plays Paul Newman and beats him. Oh, so um, is this... Oh, this is Forrest Whitaker. It is, yeah. Amazing, okay. Yeah. Now, the film is from 2002. Does that narrow it down for you? Um, no, it doesn't. But keep going, maybe I'll... Okay, and it's a very, very... Um, how would I say this? It's a very static film. You don't move around a lot. Similar to, uh, by the way, I watched a film. I didn't mention this because it wasn't in the cinema, but I watched a film called Oxygen uh, recently. Um, and I've told you about it already, George. Um, but it's a French language film. It's dubbed on Netflix at the moment. So go and check it out. Um, it's very much like uh, the buried movie with ryan reynolds but she's in like a kind of cryogenic tank wakes up doesn't know who she is uh, fascinating great twist at the end so watch it so a, f a very static movie so like yeah. oxygen like buried um you're kind of boxed in he's not buried so a, the main character's kind of boxed in he's, he's stuck on one place he's boxed in he's, he's speaking stuck. he's speaking to somebody who's kind of making him do things that he doesn't want to do he's in he is in a box Sounds interesting. But Americans call it something different. Um, a coffin? Or a booth. 
Oh, um, so, okay, so have you chosen the, uh, I guess the year, like 2001 movie, Phone Booth? 2002 movie. 2002. Phone Booth. Yeah. Oh, Phone Booth. What a great choice. Yes. <laughs> so this is uh, Colin Farrell, obviously. Yeah. Um, Kiefer Sutherland is the voice of the man yeah. on the phone. This is Forrest Whitaker play the cop. Forrest Whitaker, he's Captain yeah. Raimi, yeah. Um, but yeah, loads of, loads of big names in this. We've also got Katie Holmes. Um, God, that's going to open up, uh, open it up a bit, isn't it? And yeah. like that is again a world away from the color of money. Phone booth. Yeah, exactly. Where are we going to watch phone booth then? What is it on at the moment? It's on Disney Plus. Um, so you can check it out there. Now I told you uh, we've mentioned in the last episode that I want to go way, way back. So I was looking at Paul Newman films to to try and make my way back to a silent movie at some point because <laughs> that's what I want to do. And there just wasn't enough interesting opportunities. And then uh, we're always looking for something different and something juxtaposed to the previous uh, films. So I just felt this was quite different. Um, so yeah, there we go. The phone booth from 2002. I haven't seen it since 2002. Um, and I, I, I actually went to the cinema to see it. Oh, wow. Um, I saw, I've seen it on, you know, video, DVD, and I probably haven't watched it in 10 years. So again, I'm going to come to it pretty fresh. Um, little note, I, I really like Colin Farrell. I, I, I like most of the things I've seen him in. So I'm excited to watch The more I see Colin him, Farrell even recently, I will talk about next week, but recently I like him even more. I think he's unbelievable yeah he, he's really good and I think for a few years he got a bit of a bad press people mm. thought he was a bit of a joke you know maybe he couldn't have but actually he's awesome so buzzing to watch it mate and um, yeah great choice phone booth on, on Disney Plus Disney on Plus Stars. that's yeah, it awesome. check it out and uh, then we'll talk about it together uh, next week um, in the meantime uh, check out uh, our website on uh, infinitefilmclub.com if you have any opinions on the best sports movies of all time uh, let us know send it over there and we'll discuss it on the pod next week mm. um, where can people send us an email though George um, so our email address is infinitefilmclub at gmail.com so easy peasy as, a, as an email address and like Dan said any opinions whatever it may be send it in and like i say we'll read it out and um, you know we'll get some chat going so um yeah and before we go we mentioned uh just jokingly yesterday uh that um because we're talking about wrestling quite a lot it'd be interesting one day to uh link a <laughs> Uh, a film to a wrestling event so say we got the rock or john cena in a film or something and uh, uh and then watched a whole wrestling event and reviewed that can, can we get away with that we could do suburban commando or or mr nanny or something like that so um uh, jokingly but we're actually i'm considering actually doing that one day well to say if we can get to it we'll get to it you know and there's been plenty of movie stars that have appeared in wrestling events so it's doable okay this is our rest <laughs> first wrestling episode that we mentioned quite a lot of times but uh that's it well mate uh, that was really good fun and uh, let's let's chat about phone booth next week. Lovely, we'll do. See you later, mate. Yeah, thanks, mate. Cheers. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.